It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome once again and one final time, Primers, to this, our our series finale of the DC Primetime Podcast. Uh, once again, I am uh, from the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. This is going to be not the final time you hear us, but the uh, the final time you're going to hear us in uh, in this format with the DC shows. As we, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for a little bit of time now. We've mentioned it in the last couple episodes. You know, episode 200, we did we we wrapped up our conversations about Crisis, and now this is uh this is it. This is our prologue of the uh, prologue. No, or epilogue? no. Epilogue. epilogue prologue would be before yeah, <laughs> yeah. so sorry <laughs> so <laughs> uh, epilogue of the uh of the podcast this is our our bow out our farewell yes it is it, you know it, it's again it, it's if you've been with us for a while uh or been there through the start like i said you remember us jokingly state you know over a year ago right at elseworlds ending it's kind of like you know what do we do if they uh uh, when do we stop this show? And it was that idea of if they ever announce Crisis on Infinite Earths, which they did. And they're like, well, it's time to end the show. So we're being <laughs> yeah. true to our word. We're, we're doing the thing. This is the last. This is the last hurrah. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, ultimately 200 episodes was a great place for us to end. Um, you know, this was over four years of our lives at this point. Uh, officially at now, because uh, Legends of Tomorrow is where we we picked up uh, this whole whole podcast. And I know the last couple of weeks, um, you know, since before Christmas and all that, we've been, you know, spotty about releasing things because there was breaks. You know, we took some time off in, in, during the summertime where it was the show was more like biweekly. And it was that was for, for our sanity getting to this point. Indeed. Uh, because we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. Uh, we know we we didn't really talk about it too heavily at that point. Uh, I, you know, we did mention to everybody that we were hoping to maybe try to find some new hosts that wanted to pick this up. But as Arrow, the Arrowverse has expanded, um, even exponentially at this point, because we know the things on the horizon. Um, I don't know if anybody out there is going to be able to consistently do a weekly show. Uh, that's going to handle what six shows, <laughs> so and, and seven and shows and potentially yeah. more. I mean, you look at right. Um, you know, you look at what was hinted in the Arrow finale, which could potentially be 
a lead into another show that we already know is on the way. But even as it stands right now, you have, well, Arrow wrapping up, but you have Green Arrow and the Canaries, which is part of the Arrowverse. Uh, Black Lightning is now part of the Arrowverse. Supergirl, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. Uh, you know, there's, as we meant, as I just mentioned, there's potential that Green Lantern on the HBO Max streaming service could be part of the Arrowverse. It, there's, it's, we know the Superman and Lois is going to be yeah, part of the Arrowverse. That's right. Forgot about that, too. I, I, Stargirl may be part of the Arrowverse. I mean, they showed it to us, so, but we know it's a, we, we know it's in the DC extended universe, but it's not part of the Arrowverse per se. Yeah. It's um, on another, it's on it, another it, Earth. Yeah. But I think you and I, our goal in this in this was always one major key thing was we wanted to be a source for all of this. And as it kept expanding, the weight of that became Incredible. more and more difficult to to carry. Uh, and the scope was getting bigger and bigger. And it was we're at a point where two guys that have a little bit of free time on a weekend to record <laughs> was not enough time to do this because we can tell you and we've told you over and over. Sometimes those like, oh, crap, it's Thursday or Friday night or now it's like two in the morning on Saturday and I need to get this done because we we usually record at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And it was it got stressful. It got really stressful. Incredibly Um, stressful. I mean, it's it's almost been a huge relief to me to know that I've, you know, because this is the final episode and we we kind of wrapped up the whole uh, breaking down the episodes post crisis. um, like I, I can tell you right now, I still have not watched the season premiere, the technical season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. I think I'm, I haven't watched the latest episodes of Batwoman and Supergirl yet. Uh, so I'm technically behind in everything. I think out of all the DC shows that came out last week, the only one I watched was the Arrow finale because I knew we were most likely going to be talking about it, and I wanted to see it anyway. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I watched a little bit of the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries and fell asleep because I was just incredibly bored. Um, <laughs> not gonna lie, uh, and uh, I did watch the Arrow finale, so we'll definitely talk about that a little bit. I did watch the Legends premiere because I felt like I needed to. Oh, I and I, mean, I don't I, want to say that I'm not going to. I just it's nice to know that I I'm not on a schedule now to have to exactly. watch exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a week behind on Batwoman. Uh, I'm like two weeks behind on Supergirl, and I it's like it's nice for me to go. It's fine. I can play catch up. And you know what? The nice thing is, I love binge watching shows, and I'm really looking forward to probably taking Supergirl and binge watching the entire rest of the season right after it wraps. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's where I am half. too. Yeah, and I think you know Batwoman. I'll probably keep up with weekly because my wife thoroughly loves the show, and I think I'll I'll, I'll stay on top of that. Um, and same with Legends. Legends is another one. And um, but even the Flash, I might just let it play out and then play catch up. Uh, but I, I will definitely continue to watch everything. And it's I think it's again at my pace, though. I think exactly key component. Those are the key yeah. words. Are like at our own pace. Are right, right, right. That that's where um, that's where the the comfort com- comes in. Right. And I know we said this over the last two weeks, and I think you still agree. You know, we were definitely feeling like we were more critics than fans by the end. And it was great to have something like Crisis make me feel like a fan again uh, and geeking out constantly and just being excited about all these little things. And it just made me smile and it made me happy. And I'm like, yeah, this is the great place to end. And then I watched the Arrow finale and I'm like, well, if I'm kind of back in the critic mindset, this is definitely a good call. (laughs) So. 
Yeah, um, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, and that was the good thing about that too was, I mean, you and I are a little different on that fa- on that uh, note with the Arrow finale is that I was actually able to kind of enjoy it as a fan. Uh, I, I, kinda, uh, I, I, I for turned... the most part, I, for the most part, I did. They yeah. did a character dirty, in my opinion, and we'll get into it. But... Oh, I know exactly what character you're talking about. Um, but and oh, we'll, we'll yeah, get into that. And they really did a character dirty. Um, and I does, was really pissed. Does she happen to have the initials LL? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hard. Uh, it was. It, uh, it made me furious. You're not alone so. in that. I mean, we'll get into that deeper too. But I mean, like our friend Anne, uh, you know, from the Arrow Group, because we're, we're gonna we're gonna pay a lot of homage to a lot of people who've been with us along the way, fans. Oh my god, absolutely. Um, um yes, know, but, please, please, you know, please. First one, you know, Anne Cosetta, who's you know been part of the Arrow Crew and has listened to us for a while. Um, she felt the same way. She was not exactly pleased. She loved the the series finale, but wasn't exactly pleased with what they did with that character. Um, yeah. So you're not alone in that. I feel the same way, and, and there are a number of people that that feel that way. Um, yeah. Do you want to just knock that out now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Uh, you know what? Let's do our final rating for a okay. show. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, as we've done throughout the course of the four years of this podcast, we give each show a ranking, that being sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, sidekick And being, the coveted new god, if it's amazing. If it, I don't think we need it. <laughs> For this. Not, no, no, we definitely don't. <laughs> so, um, so as I usually do, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, Arrow season eight, episode 10, titled Fade Out, uh, which is the Arrow series finale. What do you give this one, sir? Sidekick, hero, or legend? <sighs> I will give it a hero. I, there, I, there's a part of my brain that says I really want to give it a sidekick. Um, I think they achieved a lot of amazing, amazing things in the course of the episode. And in the last 15 minutes, the, the rage started building more and more and more. <laughs> oh, man. Um, um, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to do this. I'm giving it a sidekick and I don't, I, that's not going to change. So. Hey man, fair enough. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel a little differently. I'm actually going to give it a, um, I'm actually going to give it a pretty high hero. Um, I think it might've even fallen in the legend territory if not for, uh, doing that character wrong. Um, there was one thing at the end that I kind of really geeked out over that I made mention to already. Uh, I've read into it a little bit as to what they were allowed to do with that and, uh, you know, what as opposed to what they gave us. So I, I think I think they did it really well. I was very pleased with the ending with the exception of that character. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm going high hero in mine. OK, um, sure. So do you who wants to go first on this? Then? Do we want to do we want to just get that out of the way of that? Yeah, character? yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I want to actually explain my point, because if anybody has listened to us and is known, I've been, again, very critical. I loved this season. Um, I think the reason why I definitely landed on the sidekick was one of the big things, obviously, that happens in Crisis and Infinite Earths is all of the heroes, as they kind of focus, they basically get to rebuild their worlds and their Earths uh, to be these perfect kind of places. And that's thanks to Oliver being the person that creates the spark that starts this new world. Mm -hmm. So they all have this ability to make major changes. And you see that 
impacted, I guess, for the most part. We've only seen it lightly impacted on certain shows so far. But at least on Arrow and this finale, uh, we see a lot of people still alive uh, or, or brought back. Uh, and all of them being aware that they should have died. Like, we have Maura Queen, we have Quentin Lance, we've got Tommy Merlin, um, you know, all of them, uh, Emiko, um, all of them are still alive and kicking um, at this point in time. Uh, you know, obviously we know they're from different Earths that basically were kind of, you know, have converged into Earth Prime at this point. Uh, that everyone's stories are a little bit different. We know, like, me and William grew up together. All of these little pieces are all interconnected. It changes the scope of what will be Green Arrow uh, and the uh, and the Canaries. And it also changes the scope of what this show is. Like, one of the big things I thought that was really interesting was they made a major change to who Oliver was as the Hood, specifically, is when he was crossing off names in the book, he didn't kill anybody. So they basically completely made a massive shift on who Green Arrow was, but it also left a massive plot hole all across everything. Like in this version of Earth Prime, Slade does not kill more Queen in that moment outside with, you know, that really fateful moment. But the problem mm-hmm. was, and it's not just the fact that it was, they didn't bring back Laurel, which I thought was garbage because even like the, this version of Laurel's kind of like, has this moment with Quentin. It's kind of like, why? Why was, why did he not change me? And he's like, well, I guess he saw something in you. They hated each other's guts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they had the most screen time they ever had was in this season the, through the course of what? Three episodes. I, I would say it was three yeah. episodes. Uh, so, but you, and, and it was just kind of all these things. It's like, well, why didn't he save Robert, Robert queen, you know, his, his father, because he's the, and they even said he's the catalyst that turns Oliver into the green arrow. But that all of a sudden removes the idea that saying, you know, Quentin's sacrifice, Morris sacrifice, the moments, even if, even if Emiko was a character we didn't care for, all of those things built him as Rain Arrow. So he, they say it's okay to undo all of that, but not, <laughs> and, but that uh, also yeah. cut. And they, but they, say it's they can't. They he undoes all these things that make him who he is. Uh, but then it gets to this thing of like, well, Laurel is a character that every a lot of fans were like really angry that she went out the way that she did because a lot of people thought that they treated earth one Laurel kind of crappy. Like they gave her an addiction kind of for no reason that kind of came out of nowhere. They had her bumped off seemingly for no reason, just to bring her back as somebody else to do this doppelganger thing who they didn't really do much with until much later on. And it's kind of them saying, well, Mora was dramatically more important. She was essentially a villain. Emiko was a villain. It was all of these things. And then they're saying, well, Laurel wasn't that important. And if you think about it, though, too, you have Tommy, who was married to Laurel from his Earth in that point, was just kind of like, you know, hey, you know, it's uh, we're just going to basically slap Tommy across the face. I was like, here's the love of your life, but it's not her. Sorry, this is just going to make you hurt inside because she exists. It's not the person that you remember. And it's it's kind of was a little messed up. But not only that, though, too, as I mentioned, that massive plot hole that now exists is you now have all of these characters that were uh, that never died. 
Um, like what happened to all of these villains that he killed? Did Prometheus ever even exist? Was Adrian Chase what he was? Because Adrian Chase's entire backstory revolved around that book. And if he didn't kill them, that story never happened. The best season of Arrow technically never happened. And I'm like, they undid so much good that the show did in the course of this decision. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, not to, I mean, there was some characters that I think that had really, really great closure moments like Thea and Roy. It was like really cute to see that little moment. It was fun to see like the quick little moment of like Nissa and, um, you know, Talia together. It just, it, there was good moments, but it, again, it made me scratch my head on the decisions. I'm like, why would you do that? Like having some of the characters just be like, no, we're from a, just a different earth. That's it. It's not we were brought over it was i think they could have taken the opportunity to show what happened when their earl, uh, worlds merged because we know something that's going on in batwoman is we have now beth and alice existing on the same earth well not only that but you you have another even way that you could have gone with it too as you look at some of the things that are happening in supergirl which i think you haven't watched anything of supergirl yet this season so you're not too familiar with this, but there are refugees from other Earths now on our Earth. Um, right. You know, in the episode of Supergirl post, the first episode of Supergirl post-crisis, there are multiple brainies because we finally got Megan yeah. Rath out of this. There mm -hmm. are multiple brainies because of that. And the witches that helped create Rain that were killed before Crisis are now alive again because they came from another, they're refugees from their Earth after the Earths combined. Um, right. But but one of the things that we're also seeing, though, in Batwoman, for example, is, again, because of Alice and now this version of Beth that exists, we found in the second episode since post-crisis, both of them now are ill because of the fact that there are two two doppelgangers existing in the same space. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're basically both dying because of it, um, which is a new wrinkle with the idea of doppelgangers existing in this new version of the multiverse. So. I think those shows are doing the right things by playing it a little bit differently where Arrow just treated it as Oliver brought these people back. And that's what I think is a little odd is it feels like it doesn't fit in with a narrative we're seeing in multiple other places. It is this was his decision to bring these people back versus these are refugees from another Earth. It was well, I mean, again, we know they are from other Earths. But he was the one it, they treated as he's the one that folded them into Earth Prime. So, uh, well, not only that, too. And I think another thing to look at, too, is this is possibly just a way that if you look at it from a production and a, a fan service point of view, this is basically just a way for these guys, for the production, for the producers to bring these characters back, um, you know, to be part of this series finale. Right. And I, I will say, I thought it was touching to have that many characters because it, again, you know how I mentioned, you know, before crisis, I said, you know, the last episode of Arrow is essentially going to be in a way funeral for a friend, which is kind of what it was. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, that's exactly kind of the way it played out. And I think that that was fine. But I think there was a lot of logical issues um, in the way that they wrote parts of it and how it interconnected. I think that was the problem. There. It's not to say that I think we got one of the most gorgeous uh, combat sequences we ever saw in the show mm -hmm. uh, in this in this episode, which was stunning. I really thoroughly loved it. But I will say, man, it was uh, 
I forgot how much Felicity got under my skin <laughs> until the end of this the show because yeah, you know they gave them their happy ever, ha- happily ever after essentially, um, but I so didn't care. I, I I'll be honest, I really didn't care at that point. I was so checked out. I so. thought I thought it was touching. I thought the end with them being in the the outfits and when they first met the red pen and like I thought that was I thought that was really touching. Um, I I think they could have done more because uh, apparently they only had Emily for like two days. Um, with well, filming. apparently they didn't even know she was going to accept to do it because she was very adamant that she didn't want to. And Mark, I guess, was like, like I wrote the scene. Please do the thing because apparently that everything depended on that happening. So okay. Yeah, which it makes you wonder, like, had she not accepted to come back, how would they have ended it? Like, how would they have wrapped that finale? They would have used archival footage, I you think, think, is how they would have done it. Yeah, they they would have probably ended where that sequence where you saw Ollie looking at, um, you know, her in the office of Maura, Maura Queen's office, mm-hmm. where it was a flashback to season one. And then they probably would have just had a, like a, a monologue or at the end of it over over it and then credits so. okay or you could have, um, but or you could have done the whole thing that they've done before in other shows and things like that is you film all you you film steven's perspective from behind emily even though it's not emily it's somebody who looks and yeah like have a emily. stand-in or something yeah. like that right yeah exactly um yeah i mean again it, it's not that i despised it but i think it the problem is it left open an obscene amount of plot holes that are not going to be addressed. Um, unless maybe I look at watching another show and I don't think I want to do that. Uh, so yeah, hearing the, everything that you just said, um, I it was, it was very obvious that I flicked. I turned off the critic side of my brain because I didn't notice any of that stuff. But now that you're saying it, it like literally screams at me. Yeah. Um, and, and that was what it was. Cause I, no lie. I first, I, when I first watched it, and it ended, and I'm like, I'll give that a legend. And then I thought about it a little bit, and I'm like, wait a second. Hold <laughs> yeah. on. Cause, and I'm cause like, now my rating that's is kind a little of going, messed up. <laughs> my my rating is kind of going down a little bit now that you've pointed <laughs> pointed out a lot right. of stuff. It, it's they, they contradicted themselves so much in one episode. I'm like, I, that doesn't work. That And then I was like, another thing happened, and I, I watched it twice. And it was because I was like, maybe I'm just overthinking this. And I'm like, nope. No, everything's completely wrong. <laughs> this, this, this version of this world does not is does does not connect anymore. It's, something is wildly off. Well, I mean, because that, it changes who Green Arrow is, and that's completely. and I and I think that's the biggest thing. I think out of everything that you said, the biggest takeaway that I took from that is that you know by keeping Mora alive, by keeping um, you know Tommy alive, by keeping all these people alive and bringing them back he technically would not have become the character that became the specter and saved the multiverse. He would have been a completely different person. So right. you're, and you're here's, kind of undoing everything. Well, here's one of the weird factors is, I mean, ultimately it's because we know from uh, episode nine uh, with Mia, Mia and everybody that was involved in crisis remembers the world that came before it. So they were the, they're dealing with the memories of the current world and the past world. So all of that's fine. But where the problem comes into play is it's only the people that were involved in crisis and only the ones that have been impacted by the, the little kind of like ring component that John made. Yeah. That Cisco replicated um, or well, sorry, the thing that Cisco replicated using John's powers mm-hmm. um, that we found out about in episode nine of arrow. 
So only the people that have been had that utilized. But here's the thing. It doesn't work on people like Quentin. It won't work on people like Moore because we know they came from different Earths. They they were not from Earth 1. They are from different Earths that are now living on Earth Prime. Uh, or were just purely resurrected in some way, shape, or form. Again, they left it a little vague. But here's the thing. That Quentin, during when they unveiled the statue of Arrow uh, in the park, makes a comment about how he went and was going after Arrow and doing all these things and because of the the crimes he he committed, you know, like killing a whole bunch of people, which in this earth they say later on never happened. So it makes even that statement coming out of Quentin completely factually incorrect. So I'm like, what is going on? See, I don't know what's going on. And I, I looked at it a little bit differently. Like you said, like these are these are versions of like Mora from like their earth and everything. And I guess that could be the case, but I kind of looked at it as in like not well, only did well, Oliver well more. Yeah, well, Mora said, she's like, I know I'm from a different Earth, but... Oh, see, I must have completely missed that. It's during the beginning when they're shooting the sequences uh, in the documentary. Uh, and, she's, and she made that comment, even though I know I'm from a different Earth. Because and... I, I kind of looked at it as in... All right, that, that actually makes more sense. Because actually, I kind of looked at it as in, like, when Oliver created the the multiverse and he put in his own touches, like, this was something that... Like, this was basically Oliver's own version of Flashpoint. Like, he changed things when he created the multiverse. Right, uh, kind of, yeah. But I guess which but could it's, be it's, the but case. It's not even as, but he, it's not even as clean as that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see how that's a little confusing now, even for myself. Yeah, and that's what it happened to me. Is like, I think it's because... If, so I'm sure there's somebody out there that can probably explain it to me dramatically better. That even with overthinking can get around those points. And I think for me... The problem is, though, the fact that it left me that confused, who's been following this since episode one <laughs> very closely. And I'm like, and I watched it twice to make sure again, like I said, I'm not taking crazy pills or something. I'm like, no, no, things, things, things don't add up in this, 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 this story at all. Uh, and again, I, I it, it invalidates a lot of major stories that made a lot of the characters the people that they are. And I'm wondering if there's going to be repercussions anywhere like Sarah, all these things like it. Very confused, <laughs> very very confused, Neil. Yeah, uh, but that and and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm just pissed that with all of that they still chose to slap Laura all across the face. Yeah, um, no, I that I agree with completely. Yeah, it was it was the one thing, and they and even Guggenheim admitted early on. Um, you know, he was like, I know a lot of people were really angry about this, and they had an opportunity to change that here but they change it for characters that are no longer consequential to the story. Because one of the things that's really major is the fact that Quentin's death impacted Laurel so much of her becoming a hero. Now he's not dead. Granted, she still remembers the old Earth, but it kind of invalidates her story of what they tried to do, the Earth 2 Laurel. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I totally just don't know. My brain hurts. <laughs> I don't want to think about it anymore. And I'm happy I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> I that's think, a, yeah, I think that's the best part about that. <laughs> I think brain hurts is probably the best way to put it. Um, if yeah. you put a little too, if you put a little too much thought into it, and I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't see a lot of these negatives that you're seeing with it, is because we didn't, we don't have to overanalyze things anymore so i kind of just went into it with like a numb brain 
and tried to just enjoy it for what it was. That's what I did too. I, I, I actually, that's how I went in <laughs> and I still came, came out, out that way. <laughs> well, I went in excited and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be just a really wonderful, sweet moment. And there was, again, don't, don't get me wrong. There were cute and wonderful, sweet moments. And then I watched it a second time after my brain started going, uh, uh-uh, and they went something, away. Something's wrong. What, yeah. Yeah. What is, I, I, what is this it, dribbling out of my ear? <laughs> It's my brain. Uh, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was funny because I was I was questioning. I was like, and I asked you, I'm like, are we going to talk Arrow for this? Because like, I, I generally didn't know if we were going to. Like, th- this is since it is our epilogue. It, it felt like we had to, though. Yeah, I feel like it's fitting. You know, this is our epilogue. This is our finale. Like, why not talk about theirs if only for a couple minutes? Yeah. Um, I, so I think there's there's one thing you I, I would like you to address though. Yeah, we we got something that has been teased for a long time in this series, and I it's something that I've even had the opportunity to talk to him about on stage uh, at Harrisburg Comic Con, and that is the possibility of John Diggle becoming the Green Lantern. You know, there's been a number of hints towards it. You know, with his father having the last name of Stewart. Uh, and such, and even with like Spartan and his mask having the green light inside of it, like there's been so many hints that this was going to happen. And then I remember reading before the finale happened, somebody asking uh, David Ramsey, "Is this going to be addressed?" And and he said, "Yes, you will get. We are going to be addressing this ar- this this rumor in the finale." And the whole time I'm watching the episode, I'm like, okay, when is this going to happen? Like, how are they going to address it? Did they? Did I miss it? Did they, was it so fast? And then we get to, uh, you know, the speech that John gives at the end about everybody moving on and moving forward. And, and we get that moment where we see him and Lila and the kids moving away. He's packing up the van and something comes streaking out of the sky and, mm-hmm. it, and crashes and sends him flying. And when he goes to investigate, he opens a box with a green glow inside of it. And that is all yeah. we get. Um, but the reason... Well, I mean, and... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the, I've read into that a little bit. And the reason behind that is because Guggenheim went to, w, went to Warner Brothers and said, can we do this? Yes, but you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't. So basically, they couldn't show a ring. They couldn't mention the character by name. They couldn't mention any characters by it. So what we got was literally the most that they could do at that point. Right. I I ultimately would not be surprised if we now see Lila and Dig in Superman and Lois because we know they're moving to Metropolis. Mm -hmm. Or we may see – I would not be surprised too if we also see him make an appearance – in the HBO series, because I, I think, would not is, be surprised. Because I think the HBO series is Hal Jordan, correct? I believe so, but I have a feeling, and I would not be surprised if, because we know that is a Guggenheim project uh, or a Berlanti project, a Berlanti sorry, project, uh, um, that uh, we're going to see we're going to see David Ramsey making at least an appearance. I ha- I have no uh, doubt in my mind there have probably already been talks because Guggenheim and Berlanti have already said they have plans for Ramsey. They have plans well, for right. David Ramsey. So whether and that they, be su- I, I, yeah, whether that be Superman and Lois or the Green Lantern um the Green Lantern series, I, we're going to see more David Ramsey somewhere in the future. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, uh, his story is definitely not done. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, like, you know, I knew from episode one of this season, the moment we saw 
you know, dig in the new Spartan suit that was that replaced the red with the green. And I'm like, they're doing it. They're yeah. absolutely going to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was not surprised, and I'm just happy he got such a great payout. Yeah, so. me too. I'm glad, you know, with, this is something that people have been questioning him about over the years. I'm sure even before they even had plans to do anything. Like, this was something they he he was being questioned about. Like I said, I, with the, got, the time that I got to talk to him moderating his panel was, what, three years ago? You know, yeah. so, you know, people have been bringing this up to him for a while. And I'm glad that, you know, when we talk about fan service and things like that, like, even if nothing comes out of it and he... You know, he turns the ring over to Argus and never becomes, you know, a lantern. At least for the time being, we got a little bit of a payoff of this. Yeah, I, I think I think they did that story perfectly because it was I think for a lot of people, it probably felt like the Smallville ending, you know? Yeah, where, yeah. It, where it was kind of like, you know, Oliver's story is over. John's is just beginning. Well, but here's the thing, too. Like, I mean, it's hinted that it's it's a lantern ring. But, you know, if you look at the story of Green Lantern, the ring was given to. Oh, I don't know how I don't know how Jon Stewart came up across the ring. I know how Jordan it was given to him. I don't know if if Jon Stewart found the found the ring or if it was given to him by another lantern like like Hal Jordan. Um, but the you know the other thing we have to consider too is with the, you know with Dig and Lila moving to Metropolis, this might not be a Green Lantern ring at all. This could be Kryptonite. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case either. <laughs> I think it's you're going to not just disappoint, but you're probably going to piss off a lot of people if that turns out to be the case. Oh yeah, no, no, it's it's it's. It again, it, it's what you were saying is they were not allowed to yep. show the ring. But it is very much alluded to what exactly that was. Exactly. And I think that's perfectly fine. And, you know, it was all they needed to do. It was I wasn't sure when that was coming down. It's like, is it going to be like Abin Sir, you know, on a ship? But they probably have said, can we do that? And they're like, nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have a box. We'll give you a box with a green light in it. <laughs> Here's a couple LEDs. Have a nice day. Well, so. you know what the funny thing is about that too that you mentioned the box with the LEDs. Um, apparently, uh, you know, uh, with technology being the way it is, LEDs, you know, like a lot of computers have them now, and they have those little remotes that can change colors. There's actually a video. I don't remember if it was on uh, Ramsey's Instagram. I think it's on Ramsey's Instagram account. Um, there's there's a scene with him opening the box. And the green light and him looking at it. And it's a video of him opening it up. And then all of a sudden, somebody hit the button to change all the colors. And like he <laughs> and he just loses it. Like, he just starts laughing because all of a sudden, it just starts doing, like, disco flashing, like, all the different colors. <laughs> so kind of like a little gag reel of when he does the open the box. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm pretty sure that's on his Instagram account. If you follow David Ramsey on Instagram, you can find it. I'll have it. to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they f they finally gave us the the payoff, um, you know, that we were looking for when it came to think when it came to that. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm actually looking. It, it. I. Um. Oh, maybe it's not on his Instagram. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think it was one of his live videos, which means it's probably not up anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, sometimes those things are archived. Sometimes they're not. So. I, Probably a little digging around would probably find it. But I mean, there are pictures on his uh, on his Instagram of a lot of the finale stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I think that that video might have gotten uh might have gotten away. Which which sucks. Uh, maybe somebody captured it and put it on Facebook. You never know. It, it'll oh, pop, I guarantee it'll Probably. pop up somewhere. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, huh? Yeah. So that's that's uh the last breakdown of any episode we're gonna be doing on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I I'm it, 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 it's. Yeah, we ended on such a high note last week. There. <laughs> <laughs> with, I know with crisis, um, you know, and it's you know the shows were I, I, the shows post crisis have been off to, you know, with the exception of the, of this one, have been off to a great start. You know, Supergirl, um, you know, was off to a great start. Uh, I haven't watched Legends yet, but I know you have. Um, Batwoman. Yeah, I was I was very pleased. Uh, Batwoman's first episode back was great too. Yeah, uh, that was really good. Um, I was I was very uh, very impressed with that one as well. So, so I mean, yeah, it, I, I think I think you know again everything's moving at a really good pace. And I think this we talked about this before. This was something I think these shows kind of needed. I think they kind of had to hit like a reset button, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and continue on and kind of refresh the stories. Like in many ways, this was. Uh, and I actually heard Catherine McNamara mention this on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast too. She referred to it as the same way. Uh, you know, this was kind of like this was kind of like the Avengers Endgame of the DC Arrowverse. Yeah, it really is. I mean, yeah, it's basically you're leaving us a world that is familiar but not at the same time. And I think that is why this is what it's difficult to review the Arrow finale is because it's the end of that show. It raised. There's a lot of questions raised, but no time to give at full answers to questions that people may have. And I think that's what it is. Is it feels a little incomplete. Um, I would have loved for to see what the fallout of the the changes of Arrow's history really would be. Um, and I'm sure again they'll explore a lot of that. I mean, I'm sure we'll see past villains that were once dead make appearances in places like Green Arrow and the Can- uh, in the Canaries. Um, I, I'm fairly confident that's what's going to happen because that helps give them fodder for for bad guys a little bit so um but i'm curious to see how some of those pieces play out in other places like the flash um you know in legends of tomorrow batwoman so on and so forth um and how that's going to have you know lasting consequences and watch it reverberate across earth prime uh in the near future so yeah it'll be cool to see It'd be very I, cool to see. I did think of one thing about Crisis that I was a little disappointed in. Okay. Um, and I'll just make quick mention of that, too. And it kind of goes back to the seri- the season finale of The Flash last year. Uh, in the in the confrontation between Barry and Eobard, you know, Flash and Reverse Flash. Uh, Reverse Flash says to him, I'll see you in the next Crisis. Yep. And, it, and it never came um, to play. You know what though? Uh, there, there's always something else right around the corner. So True. I'm, I'm, cu- I'm curious to see what it could be. You know, we got, you know, we had, we, we got that blow up of the report to like the newspaper article, and all that was different as well. So it, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I'm really excited to see again what what other changes may have happened because of all these things. Are there going to be characters? Because Flash doesn't come back until this week. Um, you know, we, we have no idea until Tuesday night, um, what some of the changes in the world of the flash exist. Um, you know, anything could be, anything could be true at this point. Yeah. 
But I mean, you know, like we said, we're going to continue watching the shows, but it's just nice now that we get to do it at our own pace and we can mm-hmm. kind of turn that critics switch off. Well, we can try to turn that. <laughs> that. It'll take some time. It'll yeah. definitely take some time. Yeah, you exactly. Know. So, but I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of exciting things. Obviously, you have the seasons continuing, you know, on the Flash. I know something I'm really excited to watch um, is watching Ralph and Sue finally meet, which we know that's coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. So that'll be amazing to finally get to see that playoff. Um, and I'm just really excited to see certain other things. I know, I mean, Black's coming back. I love Katie Sackhoff when every time she's on the show. So it'll be a blast to see that coming coming to fruition. And I'm really excited on Legends to see how they handle Nora and Ray's exit. So, um, because we know that's, uh, I think, five episodes in, because Legends was actually shot before Crisis. So, all of Legends was shot already. Uh, they're, they're not in the middle of filming anything, or any, nor do they need to film anything. Uh, the entire season is complete. So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they, they shot finished e- the season before Crisis. They shot everything um, even before Crisis happened. Uh, the reason that they did that was it, it was easier for them to be able to get the people involved that needed to be there for crisis and work with people's schedules. So that's why they shot it the way they did. Okay. So. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a call. Okay. Uh, we have a uh, a special guest uh, in this episode of the podcast for a finale, somebody who we've talked to for a while, uh, and that's John Wesley Ship. He is somebody who's been on the podcast a number of times. He's been a great part of this this journey along the way, uh, and we did get to speak to him one more time in between uh, parts one through three and four and five of Crisis. Actually, I think we talked to him the night Crisis was coming back. Uh, yeah, we in- did. We talked <laughs> to him. Yeah. Yeah, we talked to him. I think it was like six o'clock Eastern time that night, so it was only like two hours before crisis began. So, uh, so obviously, some of the information there is us trying to dance around asking questions that, without getting him in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think this is a good point that we can kind of uh, we can kind of throw that in. Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> so uh, we don't usually take breaks, but what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to have our conversation with John Wesley Ship from right before Crisis Returns. Uh, we'll take another break after that, and then we'll be right back with you for um, our final thanks and memories of the, uh, of the podcast. So uh, stick around uh, and enjoy this conversation. We are celebrating 200 episodes and, of course, a farewell to the show, but that it just wouldn't feel appropriate for Rob and I to say goodbye to this podcast without getting to talk to this gentleman one more time. He's joined us twice before, and he's back on the program for one final time before we say goodbye. Please welcome back the wonderful Mr. John Wesley Ship. John, thank you so much for coming back on again. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you uh, get to you get to be the first person to have a hat trick on the show. So, <laughs> oh yeah, great, excellent. Yeah. yeah, it's uh like you know Rob and I were talking about that, and you know when we were thinking of ideas on like kind of little things we can do for our listeners as we say goodbye. The the one thing that was at the top of our list was like we yeah we have to have John back on. Like the, there's no oh, doubt in our mind. Thanks, thanks. Are you guys yeah. going somewhere else or starting a different program or you're closing this out at 200 episodes? Yeah, so, yeah, we... yeah, I think ahead, the, the, the plan was kind of, uh, I think we're going to take a little bit of time because we've done this for, um, we're, you know, just finished up four years of every weekend of, of doing the show and celebrating wow. 
pretty much since the start of Legends of Tomorrow is actually where we kind of started the journey and we couldn't have thought of a better place to end than with the end of Crisis. And it was uh-huh. it was very, very fitting. We got to see a lot of new shows kind of come into the mix and it was it was kind of like, how do you top out this this moment uh, for all of this? So, yeah. Wow. Four years every weekend. That's, yeah. that's quite a commitment. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we're not we're not finished yet. We're um, you know, well, I mean, as far as we're not finished podcasting, uh, we have right. we've got new show i we've got new show ideas. Rob and I each have our own individual shows that we do separately, and we kind of cross over from time to time. But yeah, it was it was time to kind of put a uh, put the bed the the this particular <laughs> program. All right, well, how perfect! Crisis two hundred episodes. It's all yeah. there's a synchronicity to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's kind of funny, you know, I think the last time um, you had an opportunity to be on was right before Elseworlds. So it was very fitting that we have an opportunity to talk with you after, again, um, you know, episodes, you know, one, two and three of Crisis of Aired. And then tonight uh, we get to have everybody wrap up in about an hour and a half uh, on the East Coast. Uh, oh, great. And this time I can actually talk about everything. You know, back I know. then I couldn't <laughs> say certain things. I had to be very careful, but uh yeah, now I can. Now it's it's completed. We've come full circles. It's the 30th anniversary of this Warner Brothers CBS effort in 1990, and we get this tremendous send off to a character I've been associated with for 30 years. I know. Feels and, and right. You probably had. It really does. And honestly, too. I mean, we we might as well just dive right into it. I would assume Ben would agree. Is uh, your version of Barry Allen had such a wonderful moment and a final send-off and closure to your storyline here yeah yeah you mean the uh in the uh, in the flash episode of crisis right yeah, there yeah, at the correct. end at the penultimate moment of sacrifice you know i didn't know that was going to be in there that's something that they came up with in post and then jeff garrett uh told me on your when i was on my way to looping he said oh by the way we have a little surprise for you now, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we have a little surprise for you. So, so I'm going in there and up flash is, well, first I hear Amanda's voice. I see Amanda and I hear my voice and then it cuts to me and then it young me and then it cuts back to Amanda and uh, saying, I have faith in you. I have faith in you too. And I got to tell you, my knees about buckled because oh. it, uh, it was not any, it, it, I didn't expect it, you know, and that's what gave it the emotional resonance that it needed. You know, there was one review that that said everything I could have hoped for. And they had said, the way all the pieces fell into place, the way I played it, the way the writers wrote it, the way the director directed it, I was always hovering in the background in a, in a shot of Grant. And then when I come and steal his speed, the clip that they found so that we end on faith, basically, it said uh, it turned what could have been a harrowing moment into a triumphant one. So that's uh, that I feel very proud of that achievement that all of us working together. You know, it doesn't always fall into place. Sometimes you could do great work and it doesn't quite. But when the magic happens, when the editing and the writing and the directing and everybody's performance all click in. It's it's it reminds me why I do what I do and why we love this business. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's funny. Well, it's not funny. It, it was a, you know, a rather great send off for the character. And, you know, I, as somebody I've mentioned this to you before in, in past times that we've talked to, you, you know, grow as somebody who grew up with that that version of the Flash. 
that was, I think there were so many great moments throughout parts one, two, and three of, of crisis that, that particular moment where your, your character of your version of Barry Allen makes that sacrifice so that Grant's version can survive. And then you throw in that clip with, you know, with Barry and Tina from the 90s series. I think that scene probably hit me harder in a way that I, I've, the, I've watched crisis part, one, two, and three a number of times already. And mm-hmm. the first the first time I watched it, I, you know, I got a little emotional at it. The second time I watched it, knowing that it was coming and knowing the impact of it, I actually got choked up, yeah. uh, you know, with that. Because again, that was a character that I grew up with. Even if the show only ran for one season, it was a character that resonated in my childhood. So much yeah. so to the point where, and I'm sure Rob, you can attest to this, when we broke down episodes one, two, and three, ordinarily when we record our podcast where, you know, we do it remotely, but we happened to do that episode face to face. We were in the same room and I got choked up just recapping and talking about that. Mm, 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 mm. It's amazing to me. You know, it's a show we had one good season of on CBS 30 years ago and of course, there wasn't another live-action Flash for 24 years, so we were certainly aided uh, by that. But the fact that the the loyalty of the fan base throughout the years has been something that has taken me quite by surprise, especially the reaction to my return in the new version, first as Henry Allen and then as Jay Garrick and then uh, circling back to Flash 90. It's... Uh, it's it's something you know they i think they were so clever about the way they wrote that they didn't sentimentalize it something had to happen flash 90 stepped up it was his sacrifice his world his wife everything is gone he knows knows a new trick he goes over and i'm so glad i had that moment with cress williams yeah to sort of being a senior member you know going over and welcoming welcoming him into the arrowverse you know uh that was an important moment for me, which I told him. But there was nothing sentimental about the writing. It was, this is what's going to happen. you got to open the breach. You know, keep riding the lightning, son. And I threw in a wink to keep it light, you know. And then I go in and I start running. What brought the emotion was this genius idea that they had to go back and find that clip. Because they said there were a couple of ideas. One was a montage, which... I think would not have had the resonance. It's, it would be something you might expect to happen and see coming. But the fact that they found a clip where, where we're expressing our faith in each other, it's like, you know, Barry Flash 90 has faith also in what he's running toward, and he believes he's running toward Tina. So to end my whole wonderful, wacky experience being identified with this character, which I never expected uh, for so long. It just felt like, wow, this feels really right. Was, was it yeah. emotion? Was it emotional for you as well to know, like when you got the script and you were reading it and, you know, knowing what this, that what was coming for this character, was it emotional for you as well to know that this, this, that this chapter of your career and this character had, had an ending? Well, I have a couple of feelings about that. The first thing that occurred to me was, before I agreed to do it, was I needed to have a conversation with Eric Wallace and ask him how they were going to do it. Because I felt a responsibility 
to the fan base, you know, that had stuck with the show that had been so loyal for so many years on the 30th anniversary. I didn't want to come out as sort of like, uh, and I asked Eric, is it going to be one or two scenes or am I just coming back to kill the character? Is that all? Because I didn't want to go like uh, happy 30th anniversary, you know, <laughs> all you wonderful people who have been with me on this journey. We just killed the character, you know, yeah. that would have been a bummer. But he said, no, he said, when I was growing up, your show was the coolest show on TV. We all have too much respect for the character to do that. You'll be involved very much in the problem solving. And we can promise you a respectful and a heroic uh, send off. And so it just felt right. You know, I kept waiting to feel weird about it, you know, and I kept waiting when I was in the new version of the old suit and I was actually on stage doing it. I was waiting for this wave of emotion to come over me that never did, because as I said, it wasn't written sentimentally. We were in activity. There was a job to be done. No big deal. I'm the one to do it. I know how to take your speed to prevent you from doing it. You know, it's like I'm, I, I know you'll continue to make us proud. Keep riding the lightning, son. Yeah. And so there wasn't really a moment. Plus, we were working, you know, there were such complex episodes. And the director had such, he did such a wonderful job, I thought, of directing that whole segment that we were we were trying to get it right. We were rushing to get the pieces. There just wasn't time. Uh, I sat and talked to Sterling Gates, who I've grown very fond of through this whole process, Elseworlds Forward and his participation in the Flash TV show. And uh, he was telling me how emotional he got writing it. And the reaction I've gotten from so many people, the Mary Margaret Humes, who played my wife on Dawson's Creek, she, I get this text from her. She's watching it for the first time a couple nights ago. And she says, I'm watching an iconic moment in TV history. <laughs> and then she put the video on when I was on the treadmill. And as the flashback came, she was like, oh, no, John Wesley. Oh, no, you did not just do this to me. You did not just do this to me. So... It's been incredibly gratifying. I, I love the way they did it. Um, I'm so happy with the way it came out. So I can't really feel sad about it. I, you know, the character I look forward to playing going forward is Jay Garrick, because I feel at this point in my life, at my age and with my experience with the franchise, that's the role that I am as an actor uniquely positioned to play. Mm -hmm. So I look forward uh, to knowing that we have a seventh season. I look forward to uh, hopefully getting Jay and Joan. Now we have Joan uh, back involved. So, so there's something to look forward to. Yeah, I get the sense of completion. I'm doing my first couple of conventions since the episode aired. I imagine that will cause it also to hit, hit home as I sort of, uh, as I channel other people's experience and their reactions, which I'm sure will be very meaningful to me. They always are. But uh, yeah, I just, the feeling I have is satisfaction. Good. But yeah, you got, absolutely. I mean, oh, go ahead, Ben. No, no, I was, I was just simply going to say, you know, you've got enough of the fans out there getting emotional for you that it's okay. <laughs> if, that it's okay if you didn't. <laughs> Listen, it's so wonderful. The reaction has been just beyond my wildest imagining. You know, when Mark Hamill and I were shooting the last episode of 
the what they call the OG Flash. You know, I was so tired at the end of that season because we didn't have CGI and we were up all night long doing practical effects on the back lot at Warner Brothers or some seedy location that had the right period building in Southeast Los Angeles or wherever till five in the morning. Then I ripped the wings off and threw them in the air and I swore I'd never get into another superhero suit as long as I live. Well, never say never, you know, because mm -hmm. it has circled back in such a wonderful way. I'm so glad I started not as Jake Eric, but as Henry in a new telling of the origin story, because that plugged me in in a very personal way, father, son, with the new actor who was going to assume the role and carry it forward, Grant Gustin. So those early scenes as Henry Allen, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the, the intimacy uh, as colleagues and I think friends and in those days and characters all dovetailed to make me feel like a very meaningful part of the new show. And then turning into Jay Garrick was a trip. And then when they said they wanted to bring Flash 90 back, I was, you realize that was at the time 28 years ago, right? <laughs> and they said, ah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. That Kate Maine redesigned the suit and the wonderful people at o Ocean Drive Leather in Vancouver who crafted the suit. And we had many fittings and we, we toned it down. We changed the proportions. We, you know, it was, uh, they really did such a great job. I just felt protected and supported through the entire process. That's fantastic. Well, I know, like I said, we, we can't talk too, too much about what's to come yet for Jay, but, you know, obviously we left episode three of Crisis on Infinite Earths with pretty much everything destroyed and our heroes kind of stuck on the vanishing point with no clue of what's to come for the universe. Uh, but right. I know Ben and I are really hoping that, uh, you know, Jay uh, will be returning uh, when all of this wraps up. But it was great to see you early on in this season with watching Grant go through uh, being on Earth 3 with, with, with Jay again and, and seeing Michelle back in the mix with you was such a great yeah. moment. And I'm sure that had to be great to kind of start the new chapter, the next chapter for Jay's character. Yeah, I loved that episode. It was I'm very concerned for him and his depleting speed, but I'm very hopeful that they turn Joan Garrick uh, into a neurophysicist who is helping him with his depleting speed. And I'm hoping that she will prove successful in, in her efforts. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Keep those cards and letters coming, guys. You know, you want you want more Jay Garrick, I'd say let him know it. Uh, but that's a character I would love to play going forward. Yeah, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll see more of uh, more of Jay. At least we are all hopeful that we're going to see more of Jay. Uh, I know we're we're running short on time. Uh, but before we're really not, oh. we're really not. Okay. Uh, I mean, cause, uh, cause uh, I mean, again, we, there's something else you want to cover. Let's keep talking. Uh, I know Rob, you had something that you wanted to bring up uh, pertaining to Elseworlds. Oh, sure. Actually, you know, cause since when we last talked, uh, you know, um, you know, I think it was just uh, you and Ben, but again, that was just right after we saw the first images of you dressed as, you know, 90s flash yet again. And but we yeah. didn't know what was to come. So at that point, when you were cast to come back as Barry Allen for Elseworlds, did you know that Crisis on Infinite Earths was already on the horizon at this point in time before you started that project or went through that? Or was it not until everything was wrapped up that you knew that there was a potential of this character having an importance now again? Well, 
I figured they wouldn't go to the trouble. I, you know, they're always playing the long game, right? And I figured they wouldn't go to the trouble of building a new suit and introducing that character if they didn't have a reason. And at the end of, I think was the Supergirl episode, the last episode, whatever the last episode of Elseworlds was, when they flashed up crisis of infinite earths coming next fall you know and even though we all kind of figured that was what was going to happen you know everybody chill goes down the spine and everybody gasps and then when i found out that the of course they wanted me to come back as jake eric but they wanted me to come back as flash 90 for crisis i figured that's why they brought my flash into the CW canon that they were thinking forward because they clearly a Barry Allen had to die. Flash had to die. How are they going to do it? And this is a perfect solution, you know? And so oh, that's why absolutely. before I agreed to come back, I had to have that, that long heart to heart conversation with Eric, who was so wonderful. And uh, yeah, I found out what their, their thinking was. Uh, I want to, awesome. but I didn't know at Elseworlds that that was going to happen that sort of evolved okay yeah because that was I know like you said you know when we get that that card at the end you know next year crisis or next fall crisis on infinite earths and that gasp that everybody had uh I think that not only did Rob and I get that gasp but that was also kind of the moment where we started to analyze this this program because you know, when we talk about this program coming to an end at 200 and ending at crisis, it actually had initially started as a joke. You know, there, there was rumors, huh. there was rumors a couple of years ago that if, hey, if they ever did Crisis on Infinite Earths, we should just wrap the podcast because where do you, <laughs> where do you go from there? <laughs> and then, and, then, and uh, yeah. then, then it wraps up and then we saw that and we're like, well, I guess we're into the show. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so, you know, but it's, it's been a fun journey along the way. And I kind of, I, for, if, if you don't mind, I kind of want to take a moment to kind of break away from the DC stuff for a minute. Uh, last time I spoke with you, you had just done a, a reading of Hank and Jim build a plane. And yes, and it, since then, yeah, yeah, and I know you were really hopeful that somebody was gonna, was gonna pick it up and somebody was gonna produce the show. Has there been any kind of, uh, momentum towards that or any kind of news when it comes to that? Yes, there has. Bruce Robert Harris and Jack Batman of Sunny Spot uh, Celebrations, they are multiple Tony Award winning producers for Scottsboro Boys and a bunch of other things. They also had uh, King Kong. They were producers of King Kong. They just... Uh, uh, so many projects you walk into their office and there are Tony awards lining the walls. So they're, they're the real deal over there on Broadway mm -hmm. and uh, sent them the script. I've known Bruce for years and I've never sent him a project before. Uh, but I was felt so sure about this and they read it and loved it and optioned it. And then uh, interestingly enough, just before I went up to shoot crisis, in fact, I couldn't show up for the first couple of days of the shooting of Crisis because we did a workshop at Le Petit Theater in New Orleans. Uh, in a, was that October? Uh, I was shooting a Hallmark movie in Mystery and Crisis and workshopping Hank and Jim Build a Plane in New Orleans all at the same time. So I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline. <laughs> but yeah, we did this uh, workshop and then a very heavily staged 
reading to get feedback so the playwright could hear it, so uh, he could tinker with things. Now, I think the next thing will be to get a full production out of town, which will probably, uh, it'll, you know, every theater plans their seasons a year in advance. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about now next fall, you know, hoping to, to get a full production out of town, to do some final finishings, to raise some money. And then the producers are very clear that they want to bring it uh, either off Broadway or to a small Broadway house to bring this play because they firmly believe it has legs. I believe it has legs. It's uh, it's an amazing piece of theater about two men that we think we know everything about. Yeah. But we really don't. Yeah. Last time we spoke about it, you were really passionate about it. So congratulations on on the fact that it got optioned and, you know, that it's it's moving forward. That's great news. Yes, yeah, it takes so long. I said, you got it, man. <laughs> of course, we're we're playing Hank and Jim when they were in their early sixties. You know, uh, when they were shooting the Cheyenne Social Club, and I'm like, we got to get this going, or we're going to get too old to play the parts. <laughs> well, because it just feels like it take, takes forever, I, you know, to get something I, to fruition. I can tell you, there are a ton of theaters down here in the Philadelphia area that, if you brought it down here, there's a great following of theater that I'm sure you'd get a great crowd. If you did it, in yes, Saturday. I did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof uh, at the Walnut Street Theater. Ah, very long funny. time Fantastic. ago. Fantastic. Yeah, long definitely. time ago. Yeah, Jana Robbins was my Maggie, and Hubbard Estrado was my big daddy. <laughs> yeah, yep, I love the Walnut Street. So, uh, fantastic. So, what else is on the horizon now that you've you're done with you know with Flash and, and stuff for now at least, or at least that we're hopeful? Uh, what have you got on the horizon that you've got coming up? Well, I signed a contract in uh, August August with Hallmark to do uh, a number of Ruby Herring mysteries. I play a legendary crime reporter whose daughter is a consumer advocate, but in her advocacy, she keeps stumbling on these mysteries and solving them faster than her romantic interest detective, you know, co-star can. And that causes a whole bunch of tension and and fun and she always goes to dad to ask you know about uh, clues and solving things so taylor cole and stephen hazar and i uh we aired the first one on september 29th it just aired again this last weekend and also in the uk so from what i understand hallmark has ordered two more episodes and uh of course you know we sign an uh we sign a deal for 12 two-hour mysteries and the network has the option you know so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that we're going to make all 12 but if they continue to be successful and as long as hallmark wants to make them uh, they have me for that and then uh, i had done a uh, interestingly enough i had done a production of 12 angry men at a theater in north carolina a couple years ago with uh mike boland who is the best juror number three I will ever see. And he's doing a fully staged production at the Greenwich Theater in, in Greenwich, uh, uh, Connecticut. So, uh, and, uh, and he wants me to play juror number eight again in September. So I signed on to do that. Maybe we can hook the staged reading because of course that was an iconic role of Henry Fonda's, mm-hmm. you know, in the movie, although I play it hopefully very different because you never want to copy somebody, but, uh, but that's an interest again, synchronicity. 
And then I've got about eight conventions. Next week are lined up so far. And I'm going to Chile, Santiago uh, on Wednesday, next Wednesday. And, uh, and then I'll be all over the map, London and I don't know, Arkansas, West Virginia, Texas, a bunch of places. And uh, be doing sort of the 30th anniversary flash tour. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like you've got a lot of great things on the horizon. And congratulations with all that. And we're really hoping that everything works out too with uh, coming up to Broadway. Because, you know, I know Ben and I would come up and see you in a heartbeat. So uh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, It'd be so that would much be wonderful. Fun. And, I, and I have to say to any of the listeners, you know, all of the listeners listening to, if you see a convention out there that John's coming to, uh, I just go and visit him. I, I, I know John, you and you know, we've had you on the program a number of times, but I had the opportunity to actually meet you and talk to you here in Philly at uh, great Philadelphia comic-con last year. Yeah, I got to meet you in person and you were so, so nice and so uh, welcoming to anybody who came up to you. So, you know, any of our listeners that are listening, if you get the opportunity to meet John, don't pass it up. It's, you won't regret it. So, yeah, there, it's an amazing experience. It is what you make it. And, you know, if uh, certainly the audience members come in with open hearts and when the, you know, if, when we open our hearts to what we're receiving, which is so much kindness and so much affirmation and people who are more knowledgeable about the comics than I am, you know, I learn as much from them as they learn from me, you know, mm -hmm. and bringing me these amazing stories of, of what they were going through at a certain point in their life when they hooked into these characters and situations about their family. They're very rich, rewarding, exhausting uh, <laughs> uh, sort of celebrations. So, yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, where, Fantastic. where can people follow you on social media? They can, uh, follow me on Instagram primarily is where I do, uh, uh, business, uh, personal stuff. I do no politics on Instagram. Twitter gets very contentious. <laughs> My following goes up and down depending on what I post I... any given day and we get into it, you know, but that's kind of what Twitter is for. Uh, Facebook is in between, but if people want to break from politics, they want to break from discussions and uh, Instagram is the place to follow me because I, I, I have one place, you know, <laughs> where, where people who have watched my work can come and not have to hear my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your Instagram handle for people to follow you? It is John Wesley Ship Jr. Because there's already a John Wesley Ship. Oh, you need to go after him. You need your yeah. name. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Well, I'm verified, so so you'll know it's me, John Wesley Ship. But the handle handle is John Wesley Ship. Gotcha, uh, John. I know I speak for Robin myself uh, before we let you go. Um, again, we just want to personally thank you for having been a part of this podcast. You know, 200 episodes four plus years that we've been doing this you've always been so generous with your time about coming on and you know we just wanted to thank you for coming on this one last time and helping us you know say goodbye to this program well it feels very appropriate i'm saying goodbye to one segment of of my career and moving on and you're saying goodbye to a segment of yours and moving on so it it uh i probably happened for a reason yeah and I'm, yeah. I'm sure it won't be the last time we speak to you, whether it be at a con or another pro podcast that we have. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I would hope not. Yeah. 
No, no, I'm sure it won't. Um, but you know, we don't want to take up any more of your time. Thank you again for coming on and, and being a part of this. Thank you so much, guys. And to, Thank you. to all of our listeners, make sure you meet John and follow him on social media. All right. So it, man, it's, it's so great when John comes on. I, I know. And again, the only person to get the hat trick, as I even said. in the Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the only person to ever come on three times. I mean, and the, I mean, and the beauty of it is like we've built up such a relationship, not just with him, but with his rep, um, JC, who, you know, I, we have to thank JC for all the times of setting up, uh, setting us up with John and and everything. And I, one of the things I always love about com- conversing with JC, and you know this, um, you know, we've had him on three times. The one time, unfortunately, you weren't able to be on, and it was just me and John. But you were on the other two, um, and so, but you still know this from the two times that you were on. Any <laughs> any time I reach out to JC, I'm like, well, how much time are we gonna get with John? I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. It never goes for 10, 15 minutes. John is always so generous with his time. Even- oh, yeah, and it's funny. Like, even in this interview, we were like, well, we know we're running a lot of time. He's like, no, nah, no, nah. you're re- he's like, you're really not. Yeah. <laughs> so you're he's really like, not. you got you got questions? Ask away. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's always so gracious with things. And he, again, he's been so wonderfully kind to to be with us through all of the story between episode 100, again, you know, midway through that, and then at our 200th. So it was really kind of wonderful to be able to share with somebody that essentially really kind of kickstarted the the DC TV universe uh, in the modern era, at least, uh, or that re-spark of that 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 energy that brought us Smallville shortly after and things like that. So it was cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he talks a little bit about it in this inner, in this conversation and he's talked about it in past ones too. Like he just, he's so blown away by the fact that, you know, he, he's part of a show that ran for one season, um, you know, and it's what uh, almost 20 years later. And he's still, he now finally got that final chapter of, you know, that. Character. Well, no, I, 30, 30 years. Oh 30 yeah. Years. 30 years. That's right. Cause yeah. 90s. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. God, 2020. Good God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 30 years for the of playing this character of a character that only ran for one season, but has been beloved by so many for 30 years. Like, that's like, I can't imagine what that's like for him. And, you know, and, you know, he mentions it like the door's not closed that he could potentially yeah. come back as Jay Garrick or, you know, I mean, there's there's even ways that this version of the flash could come back i don't think i want to see it now after the ending that we got for that character yeah i, I kind of don't want to see think, it undone yeah i i think it was it, it played perfectly uh yeah don't pull an arrow finale <laughs> so yeah i i don't mind um, I, i'd love to see him come back as jay garrick especially if jay garrick's yeah. on that earth now like that would be amazing yeah, yeah it was a jay and joan now right yep. yeah mm-hmm yeah. So I, I, I it would it'd be great to see them just get the chance to continue to play a little bit and see what we get out of it. So that would be wonderful. But yeah, it was great getting an opportunity to talk with them. But that actually asks, makes me think of a question. So going through the show, like our show, and then obviously we'll flip it to the, the actual TV show side. What was your personal favorite memory of doing this podcast? Oh, man. Uh, you mean besides singing our intro for the musical episode? 
<laughs> that was uh, sorry <laughs> least favorite <laughs> oh, moment. No, oh, that was least favorite <laughs> moment um no 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 uh no i mean i i can go the cheesy route and saying just getting the podcast with you every week because that's absolutely true um you know look in four years that we've been doing this we've both been through a lot of life experiences and oh yeah, yeah. you know good and bad you know whether they're they were health scares and surgeries and um not so much on your end but on mine like breakups and things like that like we've we've been through a lot of things that have happened in our life and no matter what being able to podcast has always been an escape even if just for yeah. an hour or two um and that's not going to well, change yeah well what's really funny is after after we do this show it's um it's weird. I've got. I always do this in my bedroom. I, I've got my little kind of mini studio set up right next to the bed, uh, purely because of the show. And now I'm gonna be like, well, should I break that down? <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I don't know. And it's gonna be weird. Uh, it's a really weird mindset to to be in, knowing that we're wrapping this up. But I, I would agree with you. Getting a chance to do this for the most part every week, with the exception of this past, you know, a uh, couple months, yeah, uh, where we we mm-hmm. kind of took a took a little bit of a hiatus and then came back, went through things in thick and thin, took a break during Christmas, uh, just during crisis. And then um, take, giving ourselves a couple weeks to come back to, to close this out properly. But I would say, honestly, though, to not only getting a chance to spend all of this time with you, but uh, really building a community and just watching and making a couple friends along the way. Like I, I, it was really wonderful to have somebody like Shad in our lives, nail Paul in our lives, you know, Jackson, uh, you know, Mike, you said the arrow crew. I mean, there were so many people that have reached out to us just to say hi, just being supportive. You know, we know that there are episodes of the show that like blew up. Uh, but one of the big ones for me too, was honestly, it goes back to a early set of episodes uh, and it was like maybe like seven or eight episodes in. It was the it was the Hawks episode. It was where people were being turned into Hawk people, and we had the guys from DCR on. Where we had Sean <laughs> Lamont and Brian Glein because they actually because of that episode, we had a lot of their community start to join us. Yeah, uh, because this was right after they wrapped up uh, DCR, and um, we were. I'm very grateful for the two of them. Um, spending the time brian's been with us a couple times i think he actually i take that back he i think did have a hat trick as well so um so between john and him so it's i I feel like i have to give him specifically i know sean it's been years since i talked to you but uh brian and i still touch base all the time and i know you do as well Mm -hmm. um but just the fact that his his audience chose to join us for our ride even though we're dramatically different shows but i think it's because of this love of dc brought their community over to join us to continue to celebrate DC in a different way than comic books. And, you know, it was really just a joy to watch this community continuously stay with us. And, you know, with those little moments of you and I in a movie theater, I'm like, how are the numbers this month? And you're like, dude, they were amazing. (laughs) You know, little (laughs) things like that. But you and I don't usually even ask ourselves that question because we're always done this for you and I to have a moment to geek out, I think. A little bit. And then oh, there was a part of it that it did transition into we're doing this for the community, not for us. I think if we were doing it just for us, we would have stopped the podcast about a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because time gets difficult. Um, but I felt like we we wanted to continue this like the like, probably the last two years doing this purely for the community. 
And I'm really happy that we have the opportunity to continue it as long as we did. And we really hope you enjoyed that side of this. So. Well, not only that, too, but I mean, when it comes to the community, you know, obviously we owe all of the community a huge thanks too, and we're going to get to a lot of thank yous in this in the second part of the podcast. Um, and But, you know, we're still going to continue to be a part of that community and at least some way through the Facebook page and, and things like that. We haven't been posting a lot to the Facebook page recently, quite honestly, because there hasn't been a lot to post about. I mean, the, it's, it's a lot of reviews and rumors, and we kind of try and stay away from that because rumors constantly change. Until anything is ever, like, officially announced, we don't ever really post it. Um, so, uh, again, there hasn't been a lot posted to the Facebook page, so we don't want anybody out there to think, you know, when we've mentioned before, like, we're going to keep the Facebook page going, but, hey, they haven't posted anything in a while. I wonder if they really are. We really are. It's just there really hasn't been much to post about. Uh, you know, post-crisis, because everything is kind of, all the news that we were leading up to, it, it's kind of passed already at this point. Yeah, um, definitely. There's going to be moments where news is going to be rampant, like, you know, when we're approaching, like, San Diego Comic-Con and, and things like that. So, still, stay a part of the Facebook page. We're still going to continue to post things on there. Probably more so me than you, because I know you you don't really go on Facebook as much as you used to. No, um, I really haven't. And honestly, one of the only reasons I, I, I still have a Facebook page is because of this podcast. Um, and I think one other one. But I, I do use it for some other things like scheduling and stuff like that. So um, I, I will probably take a little bit of a hiatus from the, the page and you'll keep it going. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll definitely be back to it. And then one thing I want to say, too, because I think you and I both agree. Once this episode's done, don't remove this podcast from your RSS feed if you're a subscriber. Um, because, you know, if like the flash has a kick-ass end of the season and Ben and I keep on it, on it and we're like, man, we should just, let's do a random annual or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's not to say that that may not happen. Um, it's very possible we could do that. Well, not or only, we well, watch or we, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, well, oh, not, I, not only that, but you know, when we talked to John, I don't know if this was in the interview or not, but when we talked to John, we were like, hey, we hope to still be able to have reasons to talk to you down the road. And he was like, yeah, he's like, anytime. Um, mm -hmm. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe John is going to have some big project announced that he wants to talk about. And, you know, right. that's the case. And and not only that, but like, I still have the showcast spot. I still have the, um, the spotlight that goes. So right. if, I, if I happen to get any DC characters on the spotlight, hell, I'm going to share them to the DC, you, to the DC. You, you'll, 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 you'll cross post them. And if you want, yeah. you and I can do a little intro or something like that together and say, here you guys go. Just a little taste of, of, of other things happening on the network, things like that. So, well, and um, you know, I still moderate at conventions and things like that. And what you know, in the past, we've posted audio mm -hmm. of panels that I've done before. And you know, I have a convention of my own that I'm in the process of producing, and there's going to be panels there. So, you may hear that kind of audio pop up on the stream. So, yeah, I agree. Do not unsubscribe to this feed. There, you're going to see more things pop up in the future. Yeah, and again. It, Superman and Lois could change things for us. We could, could be like, <laughs> maybe it's time to come back. <laughs> so I just want to say is, while this is goodbye, it's more of a goodbye for now. And I think that's the safer way to put it, because I can't tell you what the future may hold. Um, purely just the fact that you and I know we love podcasting. And you and I might get six months down the road, and like, I really miss doing something together on Sunday. And we need to do something <laughs> to fix that. Then it might mean having to resurrect something. Yeah. I know we have other podcasts in the works and stuff like that. But, 
you know, because we do things that are adjacent to DC, it's not to say that we may not have like our new podcast may have some content that's DC related that we want to post here or things like that. It's not saying we're going to bring this back in the same format down the road. You know, if we did ever bring the show back for any reason, it's probably going to be dramatically modified than what it is. Um, but I mean, for now, though, we, we know that this is the end for now. Yeah, so. I agree with that completely. Um, you know, you made mention of, you know, people like Paul Williams and, and Shad who have, um, you know, been a part of this this journey along the way and we've become friends with them. Uh, you know, we reached out to a number of people to get them um, to leave us a little, uh, you know, some words uh, to play on the podcast. Um, and Paul and Shad were two people that actually came through um, with that and left us some uh some positive at least i hope it's positive i haven't listened <laughs> i haven't listened to either one of them um so i figured it would be more fun to listen to them together um, yeah i i, I was i was kind of hoping that's what you did too so yeah and uh yeah i'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say so why don't we why don't we turn it over to let's do paul first okay so. i i don't know how long these are i just it's um, okay you know but again you know whatever they want to say we want to give them the opportunity to say it so yeah so let's um Let's listen to this, and we can talk over these two, so you you might hear us laugh as we're listening to this as well. So right, and and fair content warning, you know, we try to always keep things pretty PG. If uh, <laughs> so, if there is any expletives, um, just bear in mind. Apologies, uh, yeah. Apologies, um, but hey. Yep. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, let's uh, let's hear what Paul had to say. Hey, Ben, Rob, and fellow primers, Paul here. Or as some of you may know me, um, Postmortem Paul from What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Cheap plug. All right, so anyways, let's get to the point of this. I got a message the other day from Ben and Rob, and, you know, they're telling us DC Primetime's coming to an end. It's it's time is over. And, you know, there's been a couple of us that have been on the show, have, you know, been big fans of the show and whatnot, and they're like, hey, you guys want to send over a few words about the show, you know, possibly a little recording or something, you know, a memory or two, or what we loved about the show, and automatically my reply was, I can send over some hate mail, no problem, <laughs> these guys are major a-holes, um, <laughs> I'm kidding, um, if I'm speaking truthfully, and uh, not as that opinionated trolling character I portray on my own show, uh, having a DC primetime in my life as an experience or whatever you want to say. Also having the chance to be a part of the show a couple of times. Um, episode 74, the Swamp Thing Constantine episode, best one ever. Oh, so <laughs> good. I love that. Uh, no, um, <laughs> best one ever. It. The pleasure, honestly, has been all mine uh, in terms of enjoying the show and being fortunate enough to be both inspired by Ben and Rob and to become great friends with these guys. Um, and that's exactly what they are. They're, they're great guys. Um, DC primetime in terms of a sh like being a show is a great show to hear opinions, you know, um, about the shows I loved and sometimes loathed, <laughs> um, cause sometimes, you know, those shows weren't always on their high note, but you know, DC primetime came along and was like a bright point, you know, consistently week in week out great commentary on you know what we'd all experienced uh, the week before at the hands of the cw um <laughs> and in the off season i mean you know they'd 
they'd review, you know, the feature length animated features and, you know, Comic-Con announcements and stuff like that, you know, and always having the news. They always had the news, you know. Uh, ben and Rob always delivered. It was every week there was something to look forward to on the show. And, I mean, yeah, it's a sad moment to see, you know, a show of this tenure coming to an end. But at the same time, it's coming to an end at a high note. You know, coming at the conclusion of the crisis crossover. Uh, and as Arrow is coming to a close itself, you know. Um, I mean, with that crisis crossover, I mean, love it or hate, love it or, love or hate crossovers. Uh, that one was amazing. Um, that was It was a lot of fun. And I mean, having the guys, you know, give their commentary on it was just as great, you know. Uh, I got to sum this up really quick. But I mean, like, guys, <laughs> I, I can't say it enough. Like, thank you for the past years of, like, great content and, you know, inspiration that you've given me. I mean part of why I got into podcasting was because of the two of you, you know what I mean? And I mean, and uh, there's other fellow primers as well that, you know, you've inspired and whatnot. And I mean, I still got my DC primetime shirt and I'll be wearing that thing with pride, like for many years to come. So I wish both Ben and Rob the best of luck in the future, you know, for future podcasts that you guys will be working together on. Um, thank you for being the show hosts you were and will remain to be. Uh, I know myself, I look forward to seeing what's next in line for the two of you. So thank you so much. Um, I really don't have much else to say, so I'm going to sign off on that. Um, and again, just thank you so much for everything. Oh, okay. oh, that was really, that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm amazed Paul didn't curse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of am too. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny too, because he brings that up and, you know, it's something we tend not to think about because we don't, we, we just, we're not, you and I just aren't wired that way to kind of brag, to be braggadocious about anything. But, you know, he mentioned, you know, people who have gotten into podcasting because of us. I mean, in two people in particular, I can think of, uh, Paul was already a podcaster at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. You know, but... I, it was this, we, we, we just forced you to do a show on <laughs> not, not forcibly, but we're like, where's your horror podcast? Why aren't you on the network yet? Um, and that was really what it was. And I'm really happy that he finally did what lurks behind podcast zero. Cause like that's bows and books. It was great. It was a good show. And he was already doing that while we got started. Um, so, I was really, really pumped, though, when he joined the network. And, you know, the fact that he even mentions shows that he loved. <laughs> I love that very past tense. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that, too. I picked up on that when he said loved. Um, but, you know, another person who actually did get into podcasting because of us, um, you know, we had with somebody we had on the show earlier on, and now he has his own comic book podcast, uh, and that's Craig Lagans. Um, you know, he had never podcasted before and he had never really been into podcasts much. And then we had him on ours and, you know, he basically is now doing his own podcast because, and he has told me a number of times, it's number of times it's because of us having him on ours. So, yeah. Uh, and he's, he's such a great personality. Uh, and I, I really highly recommend, uh, what's, I can't get recall the name of the it's, show. It's, uh, the com it's comic book gurus. Comic book gurus. That's right. That's yep. right. Yeah. Uh, and I highly recommend uh, go subscribe to them. Uh, Craig is such a fun guy. Uh, he, he he's such a he he's got so much energy and so much personality. And I could honestly talk with him for hours without even a second thought. Uh, and his his wealth of pop culture knowledge is just insane. 
It's absolutely insane. I don't think I know anybody that knows more about random pop culture than probably that guy. Yeah. So he knows a ton. I mean, and I was, I was very happy to like, it's very humbling to hear him say like, you know, he got into podcasting because of us. And then I like, I had my proud, it's like almost like a weird proud Papa moment that I'm, I gave him his first opportunity. I got, I don't want to say gave it to him. I got him his first opportunity to moderate as well. Um, you know, he got to moderate a few Walking Dead panels at a con that we that I was already moderating at. They needed other moderators. I recommended him for it, and uh, they took me on my recommendation. He got to do it, so that was kind of like a uh, again, that was kind of like a proud papa moment for me when I got to do that. So that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, again, and honestly too, and I'll bring this up now before we go into our next one. Uh, there was somebody also we had on on our episode one and joined us a couple times. It's obviously somebody here on Caffeine Crew. Is our good friend TJ? Yeah, uh, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you know he 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 had a surgery. Thankfully, he's he's recovering nicely. We just saw him. I saw him just the other night, so he's he's doing much much better. Um, but he was he was there with us on episode one, and I think when we didn't know what the show was even gonna be, but <laughs> it was it was it was fun to think about where we started and how we ended. You know, we had like the bullet point, which I almost completely forgot about, and you know, I all did these forget things. about where we had it broken down into these little things where we did like citations. Like it was like a, a college report where it was just kind of like, Oh, this villain showed up, which his first appearance was here. And I'm so happy. I stopped doing that because I hated having to look up that information. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a fun idea and concept, but again, like every show has to evolve. And if you don't naturally evolve with the show, if you're somebody that has listened to us, has wanted to podcast, you've said it before. I've said it before. You have to let the show evolve on its own and go with the flow because if you don't, you're not going to have a good show. Yeah. Um, because your idea in the beginning is never going to be what that product is at the end. Uh, Caffeine Crew has changed. The spotlight has changed. This podcast has changed. Every single show we have ever done has always changed in major ways and a lot of times always for the better. And I think that's the biggest thing I can say. And that was the biggest thing that you and I both told Craig when he was thinking about getting started and getting going and says, just if if it feels like something is unnatural, just lean into the issue that you're having to find your solution out. And once you find what makes you feel good, stay with it. Yep. And then if something changes again, change with it. Just keep constantly changing. Evolution is one of the biggest, most important things about podcasting. And if you can't, you shouldn't be doing a show, yep. honestly, because that means you're allowing yourself to stay stagnant and kind of get lazy with it almost away. Like you could tell when we got lazy with it, <laughs> where oh, we were kind of like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that. But even still, like where it was like for, forced conversation versus speaking from how you we were thinking, uh, like us giving a review and being like, "Oh, I give it a disc score." Yeah, it was a hero. <laughs> and then in the middle of it, you're like, "Oh, you're right. You know, this was actually really good. What am I thinking? Maybe I was just feeling a little critical. This was pretty cool. Let's bump this back up." You yeah, know, we, we did that so many times. So, so many times, but yeah, it's, <laughs> but it was so much fun to have TJ be there with us in the very start. Uh, cause he's been back on, I think with us like once or twice, I think, uh, I think, I think one, again, I think one other time. Yeah. He's been on. Yeah. Before, but, uh, he was always a contra, uh, he's always a, co a contributor though on, on caffeine crew. And, you know, it's always so much fun, uh, getting a chance to podcast with him as well. So I really wanted to do a special thanks to him for being there with us for the launch of the show. Uh, now four years later, uh, as we come to a close. So, yeah, I mean, and I think you know, while we're at it, uh, you know, a couple other thanks that we have to 
to put out there, you know, from people who have been on. And this isn't including guests. Um, you know, obviously we've had Chad on before. Uh, our friend Jackson has been on before. Um, Craig, who has been on before. We mentioned Brian Glein and everything. But one other person I know I personally, and I, I'm sure you share in this, thanks as well. We it's, He's not anybody we've had on the podcast. We actually tried. Um, but unfortunately, schedules just didn't work out that way. Uh, somebody who's been a huge help in, in this podcast, whether it be raising money for charity or things like that. Uh, and he's been in the show notes for the past year, at least, of it, is Brian Roll of Odyssey Art. Um, you know, Brian has sent us artwork to give away for when we did Extra Life and things like that. Sent Gave me artwork that I actually went to and got autographed to give to people and, and send away uh, for prizes and things like that. He's been a huge help um, with, um, you know, promotion and things like that. So I, I personally just want to make sure I send out a thanks to Brian, uh, Brian Roll and send you to his, his website to check out his artwork because his artwork is amazing. You have some of it. I have some of it. Um, and so just go to odysseyart.net. Um, and you can check out his store and everything there. His his artwork is amazing. So yeah, special thanks to Brian before we leave. Yeah, before we wrap. Definitely, up. definitely. Uh, before we get into more, you know, community stuff. So another question for you: mm -hmm. If you were to look back from all of your time with the Arrowverse, what would you say are maybe some of your favorite moments or uh, moments and episodes that we've ever had? Uh, because I feel like there's so much content, and I feel like we have to at least mention these things at this point. Like I kind of my brain is kind of thinking of this almost like an annual uh, because it's the ultimate annual. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to favorite episodes, I have to say um, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, eliminate uh, crossovers because I think okay. they're, I think they're kind of a given because otherwise crisis is like towards the top of my list. I, you know, crisis was just amazing. Um, I look back at some of these other shows. I know uh, the Last Temptation of Barry Allen Part One is one that still sticks out to the to me to this day as one of my f ultimate favorite, if not my absolute favorite episode of The Flash. Um, Enter Flash Time is another one that I I just adore that episode so much. Um, let me see. Uh, I can't really. While you think, think on that, I, I would say the Runaway Dinosaur. Yes, is that's still good one, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, just, it's such a stunning, stunning, stunning moment. Um, and it was honestly, uh, you're right there. The Last Temptation of Barry Allen. I mean, anytime I feel like that Michelle Harrison and Grant Gustin have screen time together, it's it always ends in these moments that your heart just skips a beat. Like this is just so stunning. And so wonderful and so beautifully written. Um, and it's they always end up at like the top of the uh, top of the list. They're always so good. So, so good. Yeah, they're they're just amazing. I mean, and it's, you know, um, that that's definitely one that would be on my list as well. Uh, you know, looking at some of the other shows, um, Slapside Redemption from Arrow. Uh, oh, my God. Such a beautiful episode. I mean, some of the note to this day. The best fight choreography we have ever seen across any of these shows through all of the seasons that have happened from Arrow Seasons 1 through Season 8. Uh, from whether you're looking at Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, anything just brilliantly and beautifully executed. Yeah, 
Uh, 100%. 100% agree. Like, I don't... I. It's just... It's probably my favorite episode of Arrow. Like, of the eight yeah. seasons that we got. It's, 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 you know... Um... There's so many moments from Legends of Tomorrow. Like, I don't even know if I can pick one. Uh, you know, I got to say, the Mollus season finale of the giant Bebo, with Bebo that they create yeah. was, um, was such a great moment. It was such uh, an amazingly just stupid Legends of Tomorrow moment. I, I So, so good. I think one moment of Legends of Tomorrow that sticks out in my head, and anybody who knows me knew how hard I geeked out at this moment was the moment with um with Nate and his dad when he when his dad played by Tom Wilson says why don't we make like a tree and get out of here <laughs> and, and Nate says I don't think that's how that's supposed to go and like it was a total callback to back to the future and you know something that oh I, no no he actually he says he act, it correctly like Tom Wilson, that's right he says it correctly why don't oh, we make like a tree and leave and leave yeah. and, and Nate's like I don't think that's how that goes um you know when we heard that Tom Wilson was being cast one of the things I had said right from the beginning and you can attest to this was we need him to say something that Biff says at some point he's got to do it so when he finally says why don't we make like a tree and leave. Dude, the smile on my face could not have been measured because mm -hmm. I'm such a Back to the Future fanboy to get that moment that still sticks out to me to this day as as one of my favorite moments of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, um, I got to say, too, the reveal in the Flash that Harrison Wells was the reverse Flash was still one of those jaw-dropping moments that was so just amazing. So, so amazing. When that switch flipped, it was in the flash was to this day, one of the things that still gives me chills and even just watching crisis on infinite earths. <clears throat> sorry. Um, it was really, it was one of those things like, I want to go back. I'm going to start watching the flash from the beginning again. And I think it's time. It's been so long since I've done it that I'm like, I feel like I just have to do the thing. So, yeah. Um, I want to say, you know, in regards to that, too, when it comes to reveals of the Flash, uh, the man in the Iron Mask is one that still sticks out to me to this day, too. Like, we were making uh, predictions. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think we had, like, Man in the Iron Mask Watch or something like that at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We had Coffin Watch and Man in the Iron Mask Watch <laughs> happening at the same time. Yes. Uh, so, you know, so to see, you know, that end up to be John Wesley Shipp's character was, like, a huge reveal for us and, uh, you know, something that we thought was, like, a really great twist to the season. And it was just a lot of fun to kind of play along uh with that and wait that out. Oh, my God. And honestly, too, the moment there, too, at the very end of that, when, like, you see Jay suited up as, as Jay Garrick and mm -hmm. he has a kettle helmet on and he gives it that little, like, you know, kick to the side of the, uh, the you know, the helmet. And it's got that jaunty little tilt. And I'm like, I'm like, that was so great. Yeah. It was so, so small, but so just wonderful. I, so, so great. I will tell you, too, like, now that we're kind of, like, shuffling away from all of these and watching them, one of the things I do want to do at some point is I want to go back to The Flash in Episode 1, Season 1, and I want to start again. Um, yeah. You know, I want to yeah. rewatch some of those earlier episodes, especially in those first two seasons, because there was a lot of great stuff that came out of those shows. You know, and we talk about some of the memories of this podcast and doing this podcast. And one of the things I I kind of forgot to mention is the fact that when we started this podcast, I was more a Marvel guy 
than I was DC. But doing this podcast for the last four years has given me such a love and appreciation for these characters. Um, you know, like I was the only the only DC character I was ever really a huge fan of was Superman. And, you know, over the past four years, I have become such a huge, huge fan. And you can attest to this of the Flash reverse flash and jay garrick's flash like i've become such yeah. a huge fan of these characters like if you look at my 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 studio like and like funko pops that i have i have all of the flash ones i was i went as jay garrick for halloween one year i one of my favorite t-shirts is the yellow reverse flash t-shirt like i've become such a fan of these characters because of doing this podcast yeah definitely i i'm right there with you and it, it's kind of funny as you mentioned too just from superman I'd be really I'd, – I'd feel like an idiot for not mentioning the fact of when we had our very first introduction to Tyler Hoechlin's version of Clark Kent uh -huh. and Superman in, in Supergirl. That moment was something just wonderful. It was the moment that we were all like, he might end up going down as the best Superman when everything is said and done because he's so just wonderfully spot on. And we've seen more and more of him through things like the crossovers and a couple appearances on Supergirl here and there. And knowing that Superman and Lois is coming and picked up, I can't say how excited I am to see what he brings to the CW. I'm really excited to see what he does. And one of the things I think made that moment so special, you know, more so for me was, you know, I had such a, as somebody who grew up loving Superman, you know, like loving Christopher Reeves and even Brandon Routh as Superman, I had... I had personally a kind of a bad taste in my mouth from Man of Steel. And when we got Tyler, when Tyler first appeared and we got that version, man, it was such a refresh. Like it wiped that taste of that bad Superman taste out of my mouth because I finally had another version of Superman that I, I knew I could love. And I still do. Yeah, so. I mean, and just think now, too, of how much more they we can see John Cryer and Tyler acting opposite mm -hmm. of each other in the near future is going to be something wonderful because even so many people nowadays view John Cryer as one of the best Lex Luthers of all time. Um, I mean, he, he's been such an amazing, amazing version of this character. We've said it time and time again, and I'm so excited for them to get to continue to explore that. Uh, because I got to say, too, when we found out last season that Lex was behind everything, man, it was such a, bl a mind-blowing moment for the podcast when we were just talking about it. And just, But it was such a great, brilliant moment for Supergirl. It was easily, again, one of the best episodes is when they went back and said, this is all of the things that have happened since episode one and how Lex twisted everything from the start. And it was just my mind exploded. And I'm like, that was amazing. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I feel you on that one, too. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's all good. I, I forgot where I was going to go with that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other memories. There's There's been a ton of like these series that we got. Yeah. So I have a big question for you. So then. Out of all of the shows that we've talked about on this, what is your least favorite at this point in time. Oh, I have man. mine. That's so tough. Um, because they've all had their moments. Um, uh, what Power, are... Powerless. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I forgot we even talked about that show. Uh, that show had so much potential. 
and it just, really did, and just never really followed through with a lot of it. Uh, it's such a great cast that was so wasted. Uh, it's it's so funny because people are like powerless. What the fuck is powerless? Sorry yeah. for the language, but <laughs> but I think that's most people going. I was like, hey, remember those little sitcom that's that was in the DC universe that got like what nine episodes ten episodes well, i mean you look at some of the cast too i mean you know you had alan tudyk um ron funches danny pudi uh, like it had a great cast with a lot of potential and yeah they just couldn't capture it man it just didn't work out yeah they 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 really fell apart and they fell apart quick and it was a shame and i remember how painful it was to have to watch that show to review after the first couple i'm like it's getting a little bit no no, no. it's not this is garbage <laughs> it's falling down uh <laughs> it's but it's so i'm so happy though that that alan tudyk got to end up coming back to dc and playing mr negative in doom patrol oh so how uh, good is he with that oh god it's still to this day I so love and adore that show. I cannot wait for that to come back. Yeah, me uh, too. for its second season. Uh, I'm so incredibly excited to see what they get to do with that. Yeah. So, um, so I- I'm going to pose a question to you then too, and I-, I kind of feel I don't know if this is a good question to pose to you because you didn't get to do all of them, unfortunately. But out of the interviews that we have had, I mean, we've had a couple. You know, obviously John has been on. Uh, with us three times before, so you've gotten into two of them. Uh, we've had uh, David Harewood has been on, Tom Welling has been on, and Teddy Sears has been on as well. Of the ones that you've gotten to participate in, which one of those has been your favorite? I gotta say, without question, the very first John Wesley Ship interview that we did. Okay, because it was we didn't know how that was gonna be or what it was gonna be like. I think we ended up talking to him for like forty-five minutes. I think so. It was, yeah. We, but he was so incredibly excited about so much. We got to talk to him about Powder Burns, which was such a good you know, story podcast that you and I both listened to before um, we did the interview. So it, it gave me the opportunity to do that. We talked about even things like the never-ending story part two uh, and all <laughs> these little right. things and all these little pieces. But it was such a great conversation, and it kind of kicked off a bit of friendship between us and him um and i i really think and for me it was i think my first real big opportunity to kind of get a chance to talk to somebody um in, in this capacity i believe actually we talked to teddy before that uh and teddy was wonderful teddy because we talked to him obviously teddy, at the end of season yeah. two of the flash yeah. yeah teddy was actually like i love talking to john and john will always be my favorite guest we've ever had but i, I there is something about that teddy sears interview that i just I really loved because and I think it was, I did too. I think it more stems from the fact that like I had actually talked to Ted. That was actually my second time talking to Teddy. We I had had him on the spotlight because he was at that time he was promoting uh, 24 Legacy, which was on right, Fox. Right, right, right. And I just remember like afterwards, like after that interview was over uh, saying like, hey, I have this DC podcast. You know, you were on The Flash. I have this DC podcast. I'd really love it if you would come on that to talk about the flash. He's like, yeah, he's like, let's do that. He's like, this way I he's like, I love talking about the flash and geeking out about the flash. He's like, just tell me when man. And I will absolutely. So we set it up and then you came, you were, you did that with me and Adam, who was my co-host at the time for the spotlight joined us, I think for a part of it. Um, and it was great just being able to, like, he wasn't promoting anything. Like he was literally just coming on to talk about the flash and yeah. there was something so special about that interview that I just I still love to this day. 
Well, you know what, Sue? I think it's really special is, you know, one of uh, one of the interview that we did was David Harewood. And when we were talking to him a lot more about his history, you know, he was just kind of like, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's something I did in the past. But once we got to Supergirl, man, you heard the energy in him just, just explode yeah. on how excited he was to be a part of that. And I think that's really a great testament of everything that Greg Berlanti has done with getting these shows, um, the energy that they deserve on the CW and how excited the people that work on those shows truly are. And I think that's, what's been so exceptional about this. I mean, a lot of these shows have had such long runs and we know we're getting into the points there probably by next year. I would not be surprised this summer if we find out some of the original cast of the flash may start moving on to new projects because at that point it'll be in its seventh year. Um, So I think, you know, that's about the time that we even saw the same things happening on arrow where people saying, thank you so much. It, but it's time. It's time to move mm-hmm. on to new things. I wouldn't be surprised if we see people like Carlos Valdez, you know, who we had rumored last year was going to maybe be taking a little bit of time away. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see some of those things start to occur. But a lot of them thoroughly have loved and enjoyed doing these things dramatically. So I, I think, you know, there's going to be big changes for a lot of these shows. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year is the end of uh, end of the road for maybe at least one show i know everything's coming back next year but that could be the end for one one or two major properties but i think everybody that spent time on these things is really still happy about all the energy and time that they have got to put into them i actually i actually think carlos odez is one we're probably going to see more likely happen very soon um he wasn't in the the final episode of uh crisis um we haven't really with the exception of the ring that he created we haven't really seen much of him um, we haven't really heard much of him since, uh, you know, when we saw him before, uh, you know, in, in parts one through three. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what comes of his character now post crisis. And I can, as as unfortunately as I think this w- as it would be, I I think I can foresee that happening probably relatively soon. Well, I, I think he's not going away anywhere anytime right now. I think we're going to see him still actually probably have a little bit of a larger role the rest of this season. Okay. One of the main reasons being is Daniel Pennebaker is pregnant. Um, That's true. And we and we may be seeing her take some time off from the show for a little bit. So I think he's going to be doing a little bit more heavy lifting. Uh, the question also comes into play, too. Uh, does Tom Cavanaugh's character, does Nash Wells still have a, a larger role to play still? Um, a lot of little things are, are are up in the air. So I'm very curious to see the evolution of the Flash. I think that one's going to be a very interesting one to watch. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we talked about David Harewood. We talked about uh, Teddy Sears and John Wesley Ship. I, I think I'd be a disservice if I didn't spend at least a minute just to talk about Tom Welling, um, you know, and reminisce about that a little bit, too. And my biggest memory from that, he was uh, he was somebody I've wanted to talk to for a while because I was such a huge fan of Smallville. You, not so much. Um, not that you weren't a fan. You just never really watched it. And uh, when it was airing is I was not watching a lot of television at the time. Yeah. Um, and I just remember one of my biggest takeaways from that interview. One of the things I remember the most about that interview is when I was working it out uh you know he was getting ready to appear on lucifer Um, actually i think he had already appeared on lucifer i think he had already debuted on lucifer and you know reaching out to his rep you know telling her about the dc podcast and she was like yeah she's like that's fine we could well i'll get you tom but he doesn't really want to talk about smallville like he'd he'd rather promote lucifer and i'm like yeah that's fine like lucifer is a dc property like i that's 
I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. And then I remember getting the call from Tom and, and setting up the interview like I usually do and, you know, setting them up and getting them ready. And I just remember saying to Tom, like, yeah, your rep was like, you know, you didn't really want to talk about Smallville. And he's like, I, I don't have any problems talking about Smallville. I was like, so we can talk about it? He's like, yeah, we can talk about Smallville as much as you want. And I'm like, oh, and that's what made me realize, like, reps are like, do reps actually talk to their clients? Well, it's <laughs> rep. The rep's job, though, is to make sure that they're promoting their the current project, yeah, current current work, because it makes sure that they're basically doing doing their job and their contract obligations to make sure they're speaking about what the current work is. Yeah, you know things and, like that. And I mean, and I was fine with that because we we did we split the time. We split half the time on Smallville and we split half the time with Lucifer, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. And I just remember I I said to him, I'm like, you know, I said to him during the Smallville talks, I was like, let's just get this out of the way right now. There's a lot of rumors, you know, about the whole no flights, no tights thing that you had set from the start of the series, you know, before the show even started that you were never to fly and you were never to wear the suit. I was like, is that indeed true? And he's like, yes, that is true. I said from the beginning of the show, I was never going to wear the suit and I was never going to fly. He's like, obviously we made a little bit of a slight exception for that, for the, for the finale, for the final moments of the finale. He's like, but it never happened throughout. And that's why when he was cast in crisis and all these people started getting excited, we're like, yes, Tom Welling's finally going to suit up. I was like, no, no, he's not. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I personally loved what they did with him in crisis. Loved it. Oh my god, it was wonderful. Oh well, it played into the Superman two angle. It was kind of perfect. It was yep. really great. It was like, nope, I'm just gonna give up my powers and just have a normal life. Yep. And I loved, I love John Cryer's response. It's kind of like <laughs> you, you had took everything. All, you took all the fun out of it. You were a god. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when he punches John Cryer, still stronger. Like that was just. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that moment. Um, so yeah, so getting to talk to Tom uh, was was a lot of fun too. So. Yeah. Um, I don't really know much of what else we can do. We we kind of did our personal thanks and. Well, why don't why don't we why don't we jump to our next message? Uh, oh yeah, that's right, buddy Shad. <laughs> I forgot so. we still have that to play. Um. So yeah. So here is our our buddy Shad leaving his uh his thoughts. Hello, DC Primetime, and I guess I should also say goodbye, DC Primetime. <laughs> Man, am I going to miss this show. I've not missed an episode since I discovered you guys. I even went back and listened to the backlog when I first found you. Uh, first podcast I listen to every week, my favorite podcast. And I've got some really good friends out of this podcast too, man. Uh, thank you guys so much for letting me be on the show all those times. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. And, oh, man, it was so much fun coming and talking to you guys. Uh, fun, little, fun little confession I need to make. Uh, to this day, I have seen... Every single episode of the Arrowverse, every Arrowverse show episode, except for one. I don't know why I've never gone back to watch it, but to this day, I have never seen the very first episode of Arrow. I guess I really need to go back and check that out now, huh? Uh, Rob, Ben, wish you guys all the best on future projects. Uh, I'm going to miss hearing you guys on this show, but I'll have to check out whatever you guys do next. Um... I guess all I have left to say is I just have one favor to ask. Before you finish this final episode, I need you to say the thing for me one more time. <laughs> I love you guys. Good luck in the future. <laughs> you know what that thing is, right? Damn it, Chad. <laughs> Damn it, Chad. <laughs> uh, uh, 
I would say uh, go back of and... Shad. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of Shad, I think one thing we have to have to do, if you can dig it up, uh, at the very end of this episode, I think you need to add the musical opening that we did on the musical crossover. Just as a little fun fun nod, because... Oh God, do we have to? <laughs> we... I, not not the one, not the stinger one at the end, but the, the at least the opening. I think we have to at least throw the opening in there just for fun's sake, because I know a lot that was that was early on in our podcasting. That was before episode 100. I want to say that was well. I th- I'm pretty sure it was because that was the the musical episode of the Flash and Supergirl. Yeah, I don't even remember when that was. It was um, yeah, it was the flash up. It was the musical episode of. It was one more time with once more with feeling. I think. Oh no, that's Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what the hell was the name of that episode? I don't remember. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to see if I can dig. That I, I feel like that. I think that has to be here because it was the community was the ones, and primarily Shad. Um, <laughs> Because I was like, I was like, we should say, uh, we we made a comment, and I was like, we should totally do a musical opening, and he, he said, uh, and then I was like, if you guys want it, we'll do it, and then he's like, hey, you guys gonna record it? You guys said you would. You're not gonna go back on that, are you? And I'm like, god damn it! And that's where Dan and Chad came from. Um, I think this is it. <laughs> I can play it right now, and we'll find out if this is All right. it. Uh, let's see if this is it. Oh, this is the stinger at the end. Or is it? No, no, no. We <laughs> and we're here again. Oh, God. Featuring shows filled with super friends. What will they rate on this weekly trend? Sidekick hero or the coveted legend? This is so bad. It is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I come into the second half. Yeah, you do. You oh, do. Oh, God. This is so bad. And now it's time <laughs> for a new episode. And breaking down all these shows that we know. I really wish we had a better plan. <laughs> Our theme, damn it, Shad. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh God, it's so terrible. But I felt I feel that that was necessary to put in our final episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, because it was such a great moment, and I was like, I remember sitting there listening to it with my wife and I'm like, I have no idea how we can write this. And I said, I recorded like eight versions of that and they all sounded terrible. And that was just the one that was the least terrible. Yeah. Because I had a sore throat when I was trying to sing it. And I'm like, and I'm a, I'm a bass. Like I, I, it's not easy for me to carry anything that's not deep. And I'm like, well, this is not in a key that will work for me. So I'm screwed, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, but it was such a, I remember it was such a fun week doing that. And I said it to you and you're like, do we have to, do I really have to? I'm like, I did it. So you have yeah, to do it pretty so. much. So, I mean, but when I got to hear it, I laughed my ass off though. It was, it was so funny. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun to do. It was something goofy that we did that was just, you know, 
But you're right. That was Shad. That was mainly Shad pushing for that, and which is uh-huh. why I, I ended with the <laughs> damn it, Shad at the end. Oh, uh, it was so good. Yeah, so so terribly good. Oh, uh, man. But I think. Well, I I think it might be it. Yeah, I think this might be the end of uh, of it. I mean, again. Don't unsubscribe to this podcast. You're going to see stuff pop up uh, in the future. Uh, we might pop on again from time to time and do some special things. But as far as the weekly episodes, the breakdowns of everything, this is the end. It's uh, And I know we're looking forward to it. We, we definitely absolutely have plans for future podcasts that we're going to be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. possibly I think by spring or summer, we're going to be launching a new podcast. We have to work on the I think production that's, of it. I think that's the hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we're definitely going to still be doing a uh, season two of Still Afraid of the Dark. Uh, we'll definitely be coming back. I think we're talking about maybe even making it potentially a little bit longer this year, maybe starting as, even as early as August, but I, I don't know. We're still trying to figure out what it will be. Um, if not, it'll still be September through October. Uh, so we'll just have to look at how many episodes we have to record. I'm already starting to work on some stuff for it and starting to come up with some recipes. I know we talked about what that might stuff may be. And the other show we're talking about is basically expanding upon that idea, I think, is still the plan. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, And in the meantime, there are other ways that you can still hear um, Rob and I. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So let's do our our um, our last cheap plugs of of the podcast so that people can hear us. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you kick things off this time, actually. Oh. Well, as for me, again, it's now 2020, so that means the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods has kicked off its next season, uh, episode 61 just released. Uh, Episodes, the plan for this year is going to be, uh, the podcast will post the last day of every month. Uh, So we actually just released the first one, which is us talking about Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think we recorded that, it was about a week after Christopher Tolkien passed away, so um, it was, it's so very, very timely, um, you know, with, uh, you know, his passing. But, you know, we, we get an opportunity to go through a lot. I already know our episode for February. That'll be going up uh, on the 29th because we have a leap year. Uh, so that will actually be on time travel, which uh, is kind of fitting for a, for a leap year. Yeah, so. and I'm so <laughs> looking forward to that one. So many different There's elements all... of time travel that you could talk about. Oh, my God. And Legends of Tomorrow could could definitely come into play pretty heavily in that episode. So that might be one that gets cross posted over here. So uh, so if you want a good opportunity, I think that's might be something that we do is the next spotlight and at least the next caffeine crew will post here. So you guys know the other content and how to find us and such uh, to make sure. And we'll make sure in the descriptions there'll be links to the RSS feed so you can subscribe. Uh, if you want to continue to hear us, because again, Ben is in, I would say you're in probably about 70%, 75% at least of the Caffeine Crew episodes. So yeah, I'm in a good amount of them. Yeah, I would say you're a lar- large, large majority of them. Yeah. But you were part of that Lord of the Rings one though. So, uh, but yeah, if you don't know the format of the show, it's usually anywhere from four to six of us sitting around a table talking about one topic, usually a little bit about the history of uh, our introduction to the topic, whether Again, for example, Lord of the Rings was when we first were, had been introduced to Middle Earth and the concepts. But we'll talk a little bit about the creation, its impact on pop culture. And then we get goofy on the second half when we start doing a lot of <laughs> weird creative things with with things like if you could have this redone and all the characters are Muppet but one, you know, things like that, those ideas. But again, a very adult show in comparison to this. So if you're looking for 
more family friendly caffeine group usually isn't that podcast. <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, exactly. again, it, it's not bad. It's a lot of suggestive con- con- comments, especially at the very end of the show. But it's a lot of fun, and it, it's the concept of what happens when you get a, lo- a long-time group of friends get together and start geeking out about something, and that's purely that concept. So please check that out. Um, again, we, we have a lot of good stuff planned for this year. I know we're going to do uh, some more heavier topic episodes again like we did last year, so I think we're going to be talking about how to geek out with uh, when you have a disability, like if it's um, if you have like a, you know, um, any diseases or physical handicaps or things like that, um, and the difficulties of dealing with those things. Plus, I think we're going to do uh, an LGBT representation in, in pop culture this year too. So I'm really looking forward to doing both of those. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be it should be an awesome year for the show. So make sure to tune in for those. Yeah. Um, and then on my end, uh, obviously I have the Lost Revisited podcast. Uh, we have to go back that I do with my friend Kristen uh, every week. We actually haven't done anything for the past two weeks. It's been a little rough time, rough going for Kristen. So uh, we've been on a little bit of a break, but we'll return next week. And with that podcast, we just uh, we're rewatching Lost and we talk and break down the episodes uh, every week. Uh, one episode per week. So it's not like this where we did like four shows per week. It's literally one episode of Lost per week. Um, but other than that, obviously, the other one I have is the Spotlight, which I'm getting ready to relaunch. I haven't done anything in a number of months now. Uh, and I'm really excited because, as I was telling you, Rob, before we started recording, I got to meet somebody this weekend who has been in my top five uh, to get interviews, my top five to get guests for the spotlight. Uh, and it looks like it's actually going to happen now after getting to talk to him this weekend. And that's Chris Hardwick. Uh, I'm so excited that that's probably going to happen. So hopefully going to happen. He, he seemed like it was going to happen. So, yeah, very cool. But yeah, so that podcast lost podcast, caffeine crew, uh, Paul's podcast, you know, what lurks behind podcast zero, our friends, Mark and Steve who do, uh, panels to pixels, the, all the other podcasts, uh, two fat dudes, all the other podcasts on next level podcast network. If you want to, I'll, I will post some of them in, uh, the DC primetime feed and on the DC primetime Facebook page. Uh, but if you want to go to them now, you want to check them out, listen to some back episodes, things like that, all information, uh, so streaming, uh, links to Google, links to uh, Apple, links to Spotify, everything can be found on the Next Level's, face- uh, Next Level's website, thenextlevelnetwork.com, facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork, and then, of course, the Facebook page for this, for DC Primetime, which we're going to keep going after this podcast ends, is facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Right. And again, that RSS feed won't go anywhere, so if you do want to go back, listen to backlog episodes from the past uh, if you want to be weird and go from the very beginning of our show and take it to current to the end, um, you're, you're more than welcome to. The, none of those will be getting deleted. All the interviews will still be there. All that good stuff. So yeah, go back and listen sure to, to, to yeah, go back and listen to David Harewood. Go back and listen to our conversation with Tom Welling. Listen to the first yeah. two the first two conversations with John Wesley Ship. Everything will still be there. Oh yeah, so yeah, you'll have a good opportunity to be able to do those. Um, and uh, you know, I, I will say this. Um, before we say our final goodbyes and our final special thanks to one specific person that we always thank, but um, is ultimately when it comes to this show, uh, I got to say, and I know we said it earlier, but um, closing the book of destiny here is a little sad still because you and I have become brothers through this show. 
Like we really have. Absolutely. And again, we made you know the journeys, the friends we made along the way. It's that's that 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 cheesy statement, but it's so true. Um, you and I have become so incredibly close through doing this show, and I know that won't change. And yeah, we 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 will not get to spend three hours every Sunday talking, <laughs> but um, but we'll still be talking almost just as much. Uh, but it's this is this has been an honor to do the show with you, you know, from a, a fateful meeting in a kitchen uh, over four years ago, as as we always bring up uh, to it becoming what it was is I, I think it it is just proof that we are we've always been meant to podcast together. We've always meant to be friends and brothers. So I'm really, really just honored to have the fact that these last four years have given us the time to to do that, and uh, I won't trade these memories in for anything. And I'm, I love the fact that because of this always existing, um, we can kind of go back in time at some point in the future and listen to our friendship grow. And I think that's just going to be an amazing thing to always have last. Yeah, so. I, I agree completely. You are you are my brother, and you know, there there are certain you know you have acquaintances, you have friends, you have best friends, and then you have family and. You and when I say family, I mean the family that you choose. Uh, you know, these are not my... not not in the Fast and Furious sense. <laughs> you know, we, we family. <laughs> yeah, we family. Uh, no, I mean when it comes to levels of friends, there's acquaintances, there's friends, there's best friends, and then there's family. Um, and you fall into the family category. I like you. I wouldn't have traded any of these four years for anything. I know we're going to continue to podcast in the future, but even outside of the podcasting world, when it comes to like just getting together to game, uh, holidays together, like that's, these are things that we have grown to do over the past four years. And I know whether we pod, whether we do another podcast or not, these are things that are not going to change. Um, no, definitely not. You know, they're they're going to continue. They uh, they're what's the like the term forever? You know, you it's weird because you have friends that you make in high school that you never talk to outside of high school. You have friends that you make in college, and you have some that you keep in contact with you, but for the most part, you don't. And then you have people that you become friends with as adults that usually are the friends that that usually that they're, they're going to be the people that are the friends for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know, and that's where that's where you fall. Oh, thank you, sir. I, I like I said, I, I feel exactly the same way. And it's this is again, it, this is closing the book of destiny on this podcast. But I, I think it's uh, I, I'm really excited to still know and see what the future is going to happen for these shows. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back into them as a fan after I take a little bit of a break. I think you are, too. And yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And again, doesn't mean that that book won't reopen at some point in the future. And it very well could. It very well may not. And I think that's kind of more what's leaving me with some excitement is I have no idea. And it's going to be very weird in about a month when it's been like, huh, we haven't done anything for a bit. And another month is going to pass and we're like we still haven't done anything. And it's it's there's going to be a hole. There's definitely going to feel like there's a hole there. And, uh, you know, it was funny. My wife was asking, I was like, are you sad about this? And I said, no, not at all. I'm, I'm actually really uh, excited to have my Sunday mornings back. And now <laughs> yes. that I'm thinking about it, it, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually a little sad um, that this, this is, this is coming to an end. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird not doing this. And 
not having that communication uh, together as often as we have, but honestly, even with uh, having a connection point to our community as much. So, um, but I want to ask everybody this is um, if you guys do miss us at a point uh, and you miss the show, um, use that message button on Facebook. Yeah, um, for sure. Anytime, anytime you want to geek out, uh, I, I think Ben and I will agree with you is we will uh, happily do so with you um, through Messenger Direct one-on-one. Uh, we're happy to do so. Feel free to friend us uh, on Facebook as well, individually. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, we, we try to connect to the community as much as possible and have uh, the only thing we ask still is for people to not troll, not be assholes and that's really it and we hope that you guys can continue to allow that community to exist um you know tag us and stuff if you see dc news we'll 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 try to keep those things posting as long as we can we're going to try to bring in a moderator or two to help with uh keeping that news cycle going and um but yeah please feel free to reach out to us it would mean a lot to us both uh as we transition out of the show and into new things but uh, we'll both always love DC and we'll always love to continue to geek out about it. So, yeah, I mean, and who knows, maybe we'll do some like online watch parties of some things and things like that. Like we've tried to do in the past and, you know, f- new ways, like keep up ways to in- keep engaging with the community, as you said, even though we're not podcasting any longer. Uh, yeah, the, the community is yeah. not going away and, and neither are we with, this is just the ending of a chapter of this story, uh, when it comes to this podcast, I, I do want to make mention of one thing that I just saw online purely because you already made mention of it. Um, This is kind of going back to the Arrow finale. Um, But apparently, and I I noticed this and knew there was a connection there, but my mind kind of glanced right over it. Um, Apparently, the Arrow finale confirms that Powerless is Arrowverse canon. Really? Yes, and you'll recognize this as soon as I tell you when. In the scene with Thea and uh, and Roy on the rooftop where we get that whole... Oh, no, where they're talking to each other, where they're, uh, you know, Speedy and, uh, and uh, Red Arrow. Uh, they are on top of a building of Van Wayne Industries. Oh my God! They did. They did. <laughs> I knew, I knew the Van Wayne from somewhere, but it completely eluded me until yep. you mentioned Powerless. They oh, made God. Powerless Arrowverse <laughs> canon. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny that 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 in when worlds can like get gets combined. Oh God, that's yep. disappointing. <laughs> they they made Arrow. They made Powerless. After post-crisis, part of the Arrowverse. That's pretty funny. Ugh. Props to them. Props to them on that one. Uh, I do have one one final, final question for sure. you. Any regrets on, on the podcast? Any regrets? Hmm. I don't know if I do, to be honest. No regrets? No regrets. <laughs> Why, do you? I, I, I have one. Okay. That those hockey jerseys never worked out. Oh man, yeah, that's a good one because they were awesome. I may, I may still see if I can make that happen, and if I do, I'll post it because I want one still. I, I still do want one. It was that stupid image that I, I went to another printer place too, and they're like, "No, the resolution is unfortunately just not right for this to work." And I'm like, Ugh. 
So that means eventually I'm going to take some time and rebuild our ultimate crossover logo from scratch in really high res, which is going to be a nightmare because <laughs> I remember how hard it was to make the first time. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to still do it because it was such a great thing. And I think we'll just make one version that, that you know, for Earth. Uh, maybe with just people can, if they want to do it, we'll, we'll try to find a way to make it happen. But uh, if, but if, I still want to see if I can attempt to. Yeah, if for nothing else, just for you and I to have one. As yeah, like, as like yeah, a definitely. memory of the podcast. Seriously, I think so. But uh, but beyond that, though, no regrets. No regrets. Good. Yeah, me neither. Just the damn hockey jersey that eluded us. Because we were so excited um, about doing that, too, because they looked awesome. Oh, God, they were stunning. They looked so good. I had all the samples. You and I tried on the jerseys. We picked out the colors. Yep. Everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, All right. I well, agree. Well, before we say farewell, uh, big, huge, special thanks to somebody we reached out and it was on like episode three or four. Uh, Mr. George Shaw, thank you so much for uh, allowing us your music that you hear through all of these podcasts, with the exception of the annuals that we did. Um, you know, we we found a little copy of something. And I got a message from you saying it was a OK. And it was a horrible rip from YouTube that I used initially. And then he was like, no, 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 please don't do that. He's like, here's good stuff. Don't use that ever. <laughs> I'm like, um, and, you know, I, but thankfully we already had his permission at that point in time. And it was just, uh, and he was kind enough to send over really great copies of it. We originally started with that Batman and Superman um, crossover, ultimate crossover song that he created, which was stunning. And I love that piece so much. But yeah. Then we switched over to, I think it's called Heroes of Flight that he wrote. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one was titled uh, That's that we use for our closer. But uh, please make sure to go out to his website, georgeshawmusic.com. Please check out the projects he's working on. Show your love and support. But a huge, huge thanks from both myself and Ben to you, sir, for not only coming on to be a part of the show in its infancy, but continuing to allow us to... Uh, use of that that music it's been so great you got to hear it again in this as we butchered it um, <laughs> by by singing over top of it but uh but thank you so much for that it, it was it was a pleasure to have those there yeah indeed and it's great music i highly recommend that too again i'll make mention too as well to, uh, special thanks to brian c roll from odyssey art uh, odysseyart.net go over and check out his site for all his great artwork as well um but yeah so that's that's it that's going to wrap this up. So, and it's a little bit of an extended issue too. I think we're, it's, you know, we're going to be about two and a half hours almost. Yeah. yeah. By the time th when, this is when, wrapped when up. John's John stuff is cut in and all. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. so feel free to keep reaching out to us via that message button on Facebook. Make sure you like the Facebook page. If you do check out all of the other podcasts that we do. Uh, thank you so much to each and every one of you, whether you just liked comments posted on Facebook. Uh, and especially if you listened to this podcast, left us feedback for episodes, things like that. You guys are all part of that family that we consider, and we would not have been able to do this podcast without you for as long as we have. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with that being said, uh, thanks again. And for the final time, we'll, uh, we'll still see you around the bend. We, we can still use that, I think. I think that's still Yeah, all right. Give us, give us your actual ending. Do it, do it up. All right, good. So uh, with that being said... We'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>